The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Friday, we made it, people. We made it. That is the gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Now, if it looks a little darker at both Gunner's screen and my screen, it's because it, outside it looks like it's midnight. It, it is. It's it crazy. Is, it's nasty. Like crazy hard rain, winds, some hail. I got a tornado warning on my on my phone not all that long ago. So. If you're in the greater Philadelphia area or, you know, Philadelphia, Delaware, South Jersey, be careful. Okay. Be careful. First yep. of all, if you're, if you're out and about watch yourself, but it, it is bad outside, man. Gunner, I know I could just tell by your shot, how dark your background is. Dude, this is ridiculous. I went outside about a half hour ago. Um, I, I scrambled outside to cover furniture that my kids left uncovered and even left a broom outside and all the stuff. And, and some of my kids toys, my grandkids toys, I'm scrambling, I'm throwing stuff, and I'm watching these black clouds roll in here, and you can feel the thunder was so so loud and prominent. It was like you could feel the vibration. And then all of a sudden, this wind picked up. like It was like an eerie movie, yeah. and it's like pitch black. you know. And I'm looking now. It's raining hard, but the wind has subsided. But where I am, I'm under severe uh, thunderstorm warning. Uh, it said 58 minutes ago. That was about 10, 12 minutes ago. So for the next 40 minutes or so, we're, just, we're still under severe thunderstorm warning. But, you know, when we had our meeting, I had the TV on watching the local news. And, you know, the Philadelphia areas and north of Philadelphia, they already had, like, clouds touched down mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and it's like, you know, everybody be safe out there because uh, they're, they're saying that, you know, they're telling people get, get to shelter now. Yeah. This was like 15, 20 minutes ago. Get to shelter now. 
Uh, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Jeez. Well, so two things. I don't know if you guys could hear it, but there was just some nasty thunder uh, right right out. Felt like it was right outside of my window. Uh, number one. Number two, we're, we're knocking on a lot of wood here and hoping that everything stays good with our connection and all that. So just keep your fingers crossed. If there's any kind of issues, we'll 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 figure it out. We'll get right back up. But uh, but anyway, so we're, we're all good. So be safe out there, folks. And you know what? If you're home, if you're just hanging out. Stay with us, man. We got you. No need, yep. no need to go anywhere. We got That's you. Right. Listening in the car, just take it slow. Don't rush to your next spot. Just hang with us. We'll keep you entertained. I see everybody. I see Father Sean. I see Tyler. What's up, MP? What's up, Twiz? What's up, Mr. Taz? M. Reyes, Philly 559-1117. How you guys doing? Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hey, uh, Tone, Tone said uh, he wanted to show the video that I sent you guys a little while ago. This was about a half hour ago. So this is outside of your back window, your backyard. Area, On the backyard. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's, this stuff Damn. is moving in and it's getting, and it's, that's the, that's the lighter version. It's getting darker Look and at darker. the trees near, near your neighbor's house, the way yeah. they're moving. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like Wizard of Oz stuff, man. It's, it's still raining pretty good, but the wind has stopped. Yeah, I'm looking out my window up here now, dude. It's scary. Yeah, man. it's scary. So, it, it, look, if you don't have to go out, if you're again. I know we have people. We're global here. I get it. But if you're in the Philadelphia area and you don't have to go out, don't go out. Do not go out. Don't risk anything if you don't have to. So, um, yeah, a lot going on. Father's Day weekend. Uh, I don't. I don't think he, like you and I both low key this thing. I, yep. I like my wife said to me. I don't know. Like Monday or Tuesday. Hey. You know, she was basically like, oh, it's Father's Day this weekend. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I guess. She's like, what do you want to do? I said, absolutely nothing. Like, can we, let's just chill. Let's do, let's lay low. Like, I want to just, I have to work earlier in the day, which is fine. No biggie. Right. But right. after that, I just want to, let me kick back and, and let's do something easy, either grill or we'll get a little takeout. I, I don't need to be going out. I don't need presents. I, I'm good. I'm good. It's the, it's the age old arg argument. When it comes to Mother's Day, it's like a it's a it's like a national parade. <laughs> you uh, you try to do things for your wife, um, you know whether you you're, you're going to cook for her or take her out or you know the kids get together and you know they blow up Mother's Day. Yeah. Father's Day is like you're right. It's like Father's Day's here already, <laughs> you know. And they and unlike you, they keep asking me. So what do you want to do? What do you, I'm like, look? I'd rather stay home and grill burgers out in the backyard. And I don't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. Grill hot dogs, burgers, put some chicken on the grill, something. But we have so many commitments uh, this Sunday that we're not even going to celebrate or, you know, their version of celebrating until like five or six in the evening. So we might get together and go out to a, uh, one of our like favorite sushi places or something like that. But right. you know, to me, it's just another day. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. And in my family, with my kids and stuff, they have to give you a gift. And I always tell them, just give me a gift card. Give me gift cards to Cabela's. I got gift cards to Cabela's stacked up. So every now and then when I get to go, yeah. I buy stuff at Cabela's I don't necessarily need, but I just want. Uh-huh. You know, I I'll buy like a, a new a new fangle style rain jacket or something like that. Um, and you know, just to use the cards, but I end up using the stuff, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's like I just go to Cabela's. When you're armed with a pocket full of gift cards and you walk into Cabela's, yeah, it's like Christmas, man. I hear you. And, and Ray says, oh, then don't complain when you all only don't get anything. I hear you. Look, I, 
I, I'm not like my wife be like, oh, come on. We, like you trying to be a Sam. Like, I'm not trying to be, I just don't want to do anything. I, I, right, right. I, I have to do a lot of stuff. Let's have it. We don't have to do something on this day. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at, man. And, and Embraer's is right. I mean, I don't complain, but my family, you know, it's because of the way we raise the kids and the way we've always done it. My kids feel what well, you have to get something. I'm like, I don't have to get anything. If we just get together as a family with the kids running around and riding their, you know, riding their scooters and, and, and bikes and tricycles and playing on the swing set and stuff. And that's fine with me. I'm good. Yeah. I have, no, I have no problems. You know, I'm, I'm a, now the only thing I don't like is that when I went outside earlier this morning to let the dogs out, it was nice and warm, but this wind is blowing out. It's supposed to be in the sixties the rest of the day and then jump back into the eighties on Saturday. Oh, is it? It's going to dip that much. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. What is this? Um, D gun needs a spa day. Some, you know, <laughs> I, I never, I never say, I never say this word, right. So charcuterie, charcuterie. Yeah. And an exfoliating cucumber. Pit. No, bro. No, that's not D gun. No. Yeah. No. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I'm not doing spas. I'm not doing massages. I'm not doing all that stuff. No, it's not happening. No. Yeah. Um, all right. So that there's that. And, and by the way, later we're going to do the best father son duos in sports across the board, football, baseball, basketball mixed in actually mixed, mixed in some NASCAR and some racing. Yep. So we'll, we'll, we'll hit that. That's coming up in a little bit. Uh, our NFL segment is going to be fun. We're going to do our June 16th gunner power rankings, top yeah. 10 teams, not five, 10, yep. my friend. Yep. All right. We're coming out strong here in the uh, pre-training camp because, you know, it, it evolves. You know how it is. We go week to week with this when we do our power ranking. So we're, we're going to knock that out. We're looking forward to that. Um, as far as as far as hoops goes, you know, all things quiet on the Sixers front. But NBA front, Derek, John Morant gets 25 games. And, and my first reaction is he should be thanking his lucky stars that it wasn't 41. I thought he was going to get whacked for half the year. I really you know, did. I and I, and I saw reports on, on Twitter saying John Morant hit with heavy penalty. And I'm thinking 25 games is not a heavy penalty considering what this young man makes. Mm. That's not a heavy penalty. That's a slap on the wrist. Yeah. You know, yeah. so what, what else are you going to do? I mean, after 20 is, is sitting out 25 games really going to cure the problem considering he had the initial problem. Then he goes to get uh rehab. And comes back and does the same thing. So that tells me 25 games is nothing. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there was probably a discussion with him and, and certainly his representation or the organization or whatever, where it was basically like, I'm giving you 25 this time. You don't want to push this one more time because you, you're easily looking at a year if this happens again. Now, here's the thing, Derek. I hear you. It's all relative with what he's making, but he's losing $10 million in those 25 games and he's already lost 39 in sponsorship. So let's just round that bad boy up. He's lost $50 million in the yeah. last year. And I don't care yeah. how much you make 50 million is 50 million. So I, I, again, if this stuff isn't enough to, to trigger something in, in your head or wake you up, then, then you're not fixable then at that point. No. And considering, um, Every time he's done something that's gone public, he's been with his boys. At this stage, and I know he's 24, and I've talked about this before, but in life, sometimes you have to sever ties with certain people. If they're bringing you down and not building you up, if they're not trying to encircle you 
with your best interest at heart, then it's time to find a new collection of friends. And I'm serious. I hate to say that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it shouldn't be based on money, but you're a high-profile public figure. You've already lost almost $50 million that you're yep. never going to recoup. Think about this. 24 years old, and you just crapped on $50 million. You're never going to see that money. And if he gets his life straight, he's going to make a lot of money in the future because all the sponsors who have shunned him now Eventually, they'll sit back and wait for a year or two. It only takes one to jump back on it. And when one jumps back on, if he's still playing at a very high level, if he's still considered one of the marquee talents in the NBA, all these sponsors will come back. But for right now, that's $50 million that you just blew. But, Gunnar, here's the thing. And you're you're so spot on. Like, he he is a transcendent talent. He is a singular talent. He gets his act together and and he, you know, I don't want to say stay clean. It's not a, it's not a substance abuse thing. But if he keeps his nose straight here, everybody will be back on. All he needs to do is just so, show some contrition, go out there and play basketball, don't let this kind of stuff happen, and everybody right. will be back. He actually put a statement out. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that right now. He said, quote, I've had time to reflect and realize how much hurt I've caused. I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates, the city of Memphis, to Adam Silver, Zach Kleiman, and Robert Para." who gave me the opportunity to be a professional athlete and have supported me. I'm sorry for the harm I've done to the kids who look up to me. I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better to all my sponsors. I'm going to be a better representation of our brands and to all my fans. I'm going to make it up to you. I promise I'm spending the off season and my suspension continuing to work on my own mental health and decision-making. I'm also going to be training so that I'm going to be ready to go when I'm back on the court. I know my teammates are going to hold it down. Uh, and I'm so sorry I won't be out there with you for the beginning of the season. I hope you'll give me the chance to prove to you over time I'm a better man than what I've been showing. Okay, look. Didn't he say a lot of this stuff before? My first reaction was going to be, it, this sounds very similar. So if you want to be start, if you want people to start taking you for your word, Ja, you got to start acting like it. It, it. It's easy to throw these statements out there. And notice he worked in his sponsors, by the way. Oh, yes. A little damage control there. Uh, if you're going to throw those and fine, but now, now it's time, dude. Like you, you fooled us once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. That's where we're at with John Moran. Plain and simple. You have a lot of people in that Grizzlies organization who is circling around you and want the best for you, but you can, you continue to lean towards your, your buddies. Um, your, your buddies, you have to understand, you're not just an athlete playing a game. You are a businessman representing a high-profile corporation, and there are severe consequences. When you do something in your home life, it's a lecture from mom or dad or a slap on the wrist. This could cost you your career. Yep. You've got two strikes now against you in less than six months. One more could end your career no matter how talented you are. If you, you know, Rob, think about this. Think about the small percentage of guys who actually live the dream to play in the NBA. We always know, we've always known how famous Rutgers Park is in New York. Yeah. Their guys have been balling up there for the last 50 years who are more talented than players get in the NBA. What happened? Yeah. Fell by the wayside, wrong crowd, did t- uh, time, didn't go to the right college or didn't go to college at all, associated with the wrong elements, and you never got the chance to showcase your talent. Yeah. Had you just taken a right instead of a left, no tell the sky could have been the limit for you, but you decided to go your way because you're going to be who you are and who you are costs you a lot. Yep. I mean, the stories are legendary 
NBA players, former players and current players go to Rutgers Park in the summer to play against some of these guys because they're just that good. Yeah. It's a decision-making process. And I understand you're 24 and who knows? Yeah. I know what I was like at 24, but I also know I would not have been brandishing guns anywhere. Okay. I would not have been, you know, and not just him, but think about the stories we've heard brawling inside or outside of nightclubs, the domestic abuse, the substance abuse, as much of a knucklehead as I was at 23, 24 years of age, I know for a fact, I can sit here and tell you today, I know for a fact that none of those things would ever have been associated with me. Yeah. And I learned at an early age, you know, I, and I've told you this, I have boys right now that if a war broke out and we had to be in a foxhole together, I know they got my back and I got their back. But in everyday life, I can't hang with them. Oh, yeah, I know. Because I know some things that, that they're doing. I can't go this way. See, yeah. I've I've groomed myself to live a certain way early in my life. Then I took on a family right. and, and we nurtured and taught our family, i.e. kids, that this is a certain way you should live your life. I can't veer this way now. I still have to stay true to what I've built over the course of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I've got friends my age. There's still knuckleheads out there, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I same. Yeah. I'm, I'm, same exact way. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I love them, but I can't be a part of some of the things that go down. Uh, that's for sure. So, look, there's that uh, wild scene last night in this USA-Mexico soccer game, uh, CONCACAF game, semifinal. So the U.S. won the game, but it was chippy. There were four red cards. They they actually, the, the officials decided they're going to stop the game. There were anti-gay chants uh, going on. I mean, it was a disaster. So... I don't know what's going to ha- come of it, what's going to happen, but the official does have the right to do that, to call a game uh, under those circumstances. So it was it wasn't pretty, Derek, um, you know, by any stretch. So hopefully that's the end of this nonsense. We don't we don't hear any more of that crap at, at games anymore. But uh, tough stuff, man. Tough. I, 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 w- I, w- I would hope that is the case, but I don't think so. We see yeah. these incidents pop up all the time, especially in international soccer. Yeah. You know, we see what happens. Um, and I got a feeling something like this is going to happen again somewhere else. Um, it's unfortunate, especially from a fan base that just wants to go there and watch a game, but you have a large contingent contingent that want to make a spectacle of themselves. Um, it's unfortunate. It happens in all facets of sports. We see so many videos of football games, baseball games, people, people throwing haymakers, tumbling down seats and downstairs and then accidentally involving somebody else in the process as well. Yeah. Um, I, I wish we had better control of it, but you know, you think about a lot of the security people in these states, these are just everyday people. Right. They're Regular folks. Really yeah. Trained, trained mm-hmm. to, 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 to calm uh, borderline riots and things of this nature. They're just there for damage control, take care of minor skirmishes and stuff. And a lot of them are older people retired, just looking to make a few extra bucks on the side as well. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't think it's going to stop, Rob. I really don't. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, all right. Let me hit you with this. I have an Eagles question for you, Derek. And we're going to get into uh, the biggest training camp storylines in a second. But I have a uh, – I like to do the broad stuff with you early um, with the Eagles. So the question I have for you, and I want everybody in the, in the chat to, to chime in too, is anything short of a Super Bowl win acceptable? Phew. You got there last year. You were within three points. You were up 10 at the half. We all know what happened, right? We don't need to relive the game. We, we know how it played out. But the Eagles lost. But they got there. 
each year, you know, ideally, theoretically, you're supposed to improve and get better. The only way to improve from losing a Super Bowl is to win a Super Bowl. But we all know along the way, bleep happens, injuries, weird stuff, tougher schedule. Uh, this guy slumps, whatever. Some strange stuff tends to go on sometimes, especially when you're trying to get back to the mountaintop. So I'll ask you, Derek, I'll answer it. I want to hear from the folks as well. Is anything short of winning the chip acceptable this year? When you consider this, how small the percentage is of teams that even get back to the Super Bowls, the teams like the New Englands and the Kansas City Chiefs, um, you look at historically the Steelers of the 70s, the Cowboys of the 80s, the, the Niners of the 90s, um, and then what New England has done and now what Kansas City is doing. Those are rarities. You look at the teams that lose those, those games – and how long it takes them to get back in a lot of ways. You know, many people thought Cincinnati would finally get their revenge against Kansas City this year. It didn't happen. Why? T. Higgins was out with an injury. Uh, and then, of course, you had the infraction on the sideline from the young player that cost them. Oh, and, and forgot put, about put, that. Put Kansas City right in prime position for a chip shot for a yep. field goal to win that game. Um, I would say get, I would say it would be another frustration I would not say it would be a failure of a season. If you can get all the way back to a Super Bowl in two consecutive years, that season is still a measure of of success. I do understand fans would be extremely disappointed that two years in a row they came up short of that trophy. Um, see, there's there's a general perspective, and then there's there's a Philly fan base perspective. You know, so I'm going to say. As talented as that offense is, Rob, I have major question marks about that defense because you're implementing so many new pieces, a whole new defensive coaching staff, whole new way of, of thinking in that defense against a much tougher schedule. I would see – I was, and I know it's kind of evading the question. The only way I can honestly answer it is it would be a great achievement to get back to the Super Bowl in back-to-back -back seasons – but I can't classify it as a fail a failure of a season. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'll answer. I'll say absolutely they have to win the Super Bowl too. Okay. That's the only thing that's okay. acceptable. Like for me, like here's why I say that, Derek. Like I looked at a team last year that went 14-3, and three, ripped through the regular season. And we can, we can debate the schedule. I get it. It's going to be harder this year. Um, and, and see, I don't necessarily look at the playoffs. Like a lot of people say, oh, they, they robbed through the playoffs, big deal. Well, you know, first of all, that Giants team had a damn good year, and the San Francisco team came in on fire. We forget how hot that 49er team was. And yep. I don't view it as they were fortunate. I view it as the Eagles knocked their quarterback out, both their quarterbacks right. out. So for me, it absolutely means you got to win it. You got you you probably should have won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you're up 10 at the half, and Kansas City comes back and you lose on some really, you know, poor mistakes, especially on the yep. defensive side of this thing. Yep. And, and an uncharacteristic mistake from Jalen Hurts, which gave them seven points. If that doesn't happen, you still probably – you probably win the game even with the shortcomings in the second half. So yeah. I think it's absolutely incumbent upon a team that brings back this much talent and the same head coach to win it. Nothing else is acceptable for me. See, Big, Big Seals threw a question out there, and it's a valid point. Do you think the Buffalo Bills failing to win 
the Super Bowl four consecutive years is a failure. Yes, they failed to achieve their ultimate goal of trying to win a Super Bowl, but they were good enough to get back there four years in a row. Yeah. See, so I look at it. I think there's, I think it's two different discussions though, Sills and Gunner. I'm not calling the Eagles a, a failure. Let's say the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, lose to the Chiefs. The odds are it's not going to be both of those same teams, but let's just say they lose a, a back and forth battle. Can I look at the team and say they're a failure? No, I can't do that. But can I say it's a disappointment? Can I say it, it should be all about winning the Super Bowl this year when you get there? Yeah, like I, I agree with Dan's point. Like I don't view Jim Kelly and Andre Reid and Bruce Smith as as failures or any of this. You know how hard it is to get the four Super Bowls? Absolutely. Incredibly hard. So I don't view it necessarily that way. And I don't look at the Eagles last year as a failure. I'm not a uh, second place as, a, as first loser guy. Like I, I look at the Phillies last year, for example. They got to a World Series when none of us thought they were going to get there. Absolutely. And they lose to an, an Astro team that's a borderline dynasty. That's not a failure. But for the Eagles who got there last year, to me, the only acceptable outcome is winning it again. I would be highly disappointed if they don't. That's all. Okay. What if what if all this what if what if they get there, but the defense is much weaker than what it was a season ago? Yeah. When you look up and you look up, you look at the astronomical numbers this team put up last season defensively. What if their defense now we do know historically, and I've said this before, we know historically there have been teams that won a Super Bowl that did not have the so-called dominant defense. Right. You know, but what if the defense could be this team's Achilles heel? You know, we we all agree that we're excited about the prospects of Nicobe Dean, of Jordan Davis of Jalen Carley, Nolan Smith, and the holdovers that are returning this year. But that defense could be a lot weaker against a much better schedule, but yet they still could be good enough to get to the Super Bowl. No, Derek, you're right. I mean, and look, some of this is, and I'm not trying to hedge, but some of this is you do have to see how the season goes in fairness. Like, if, if, if we're watching the beginning of the year and the Eagles are giving up, you know, 30 points a game, you're like, whoa, this thing's a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be. I get it. You may adjust expectations a little bit, but as we sit here right now, for me, it's winning it. It's, it's absolutely winning it. Um, you know, look, and there's a lot of different w- ways that this thing could go. Like the other thing is I would say this, the one caveat you have to put on any of these kind of NFL discussions is injuries. Jalen yes. Hurts goes down week two, everything yes. gets thrown out the window yes. and you know, you scrap it all. And that goes for any team. Or what, what if this team is decimated like the 05 team that followed the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean that 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 could happen. You you, could. you hope against it. You cross your, your fingers, you know, every day that it doesn't happen. But these things do happen. Yeah, and, you know, and we sit here now. Are the Eagles one of the favorites to get back to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, mm-hmm. based on the strength of their offense and everybody coming back except the right guard. Absolutely, but even with that said, they have multiple options to stick in that right guard position that really won't hurt that offensive line in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, there's no question they should be the odds-on favorite when you stack up their talent across the board offensively from the line, the running backs, quarterback, receivers, to anybody else in the NFC. Yes, they have to be the odds-on favorite to get back to the Super Bowl. But there are a whole lot of landmines to there walk are. through and navigate through between week one and week 17 to get there. Yeah, I, I just – I think, too, like for me, the offense has to be as good or better than it was last year. Like there's no excuse for the offense. Um, I, I'm very willing to give the defense a little bit of rope and a little bit of time. I really am. Yeah. Like, I, I think it is going to take a little while. I think, 
in all fairness to Sean Desai, he's, you know, it's going to take him a little while, even though the principles are the same of what he's doing, but to get all these guys on the same page, because you think about it, Derek, he's going to be counting on, he's got two new linebackers. He's got, you know, a new defensive tackle with Jalen Carter. He's got Reed Blankenship, now the guy, at least right now, or Sidney Brown, who's a rookie. Yeah. Like that's a lot of change. You know, when you lost Javon Hargrave, a veteran who got you 11 sacks last year, you lost CJ GJ, who I think, what was he tied for the lead or the, the leader in interceptions? Oh, the in interceptions, yeah. You know, that's not chopped liver that you just lost. That's two real guys going out the door. And you lost your five top tacklers on the team as well. Right. You know, um, you're right. I should put TJ Edwards in that discussion too. Yes. He's another one. Yep. You know, yep. but see, this team got 70, 70 quarterback sacks put up all these incredible numbers, turnover ratios, so on and so forth. Well, five of the players that contributed to that are gone now. So what's this deep – and the coordinator, whether you liked him or hated him, he's gone now. You know, we hope Deshaun Desai slash Matt Patricia is a better combination in terms of defensive schemes and defending uh, opponents. But, see, everything we talk about is a hope. We wish, we hope, we wish. We hope N'Kobe Dean – the 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 the, pros, the prospects of these young players excelling are are through the roof, but you got to see it. You don't know. You don't know mm-hmm. what it looks like in a scheme. Yeah. You know, we don't even know what the Pro Bowl cornerbacks are going to look like in this particular scheme. Mm-hmm. Will it be better? You know, Darius Slay was 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 lights out, one of the best in the business the first half of the season. All of a sudden, he tailed off the latter half of the season. Yeah. You know, he's a year older, thirty two. You know, so what's it going to look like? We don't know. I agree with you. I, you know, look, you, I agree. You, you try to be as optimistic as possible, but you have to see it for, before you can actually analyze it. Yeah. No, look, I, I think it's a it's a fun discussion, you know, for sure. Uh, and we'll, we'll continue to kick that around. All right, so when we come back, we keep the Eagles talk rolling here, Gunner. Um, biggest training camp storylines, and a couple of the ones we just talked about will will weave their way in. Uh, that's for sure. We'll do that. Phillies talk coming up at 1, 1.30, father-son duos. Two o'clock, our NFL segment where we will do our power rankings for June 16th. Got all kinds of stuff in store for you. Good birthday day today, as well uh, as movies, also. So we'll dig into all those kind of things. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza. I'll be going there in uh, about four and a half hours to, to get my uh, to get my usual Friday fix. But Bravo Pizza of Havertown is uh, we're we're happy that they're a sponsor of the show of the channel as well. I've been going there since I was a kid. Uh, they've been family owned since 1985. You got Alex and his crew there seven days a week, just putting together the best fresh food that you could imagine. They fly in the, the flour from Italy. You're going to see after I, I get done telling you what they're all about. Believe me, you're going to want to see it, but they have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. Uh, they have the, you name it, we'll make it. That's right. Specialized pizza your way. But you're not up for pizza tonight. Guess what? Or tomorrow, they have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. They have salads. Bravo's also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. Follow the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in Havertown, Pennsylvania, in the Manoa Shopping Center. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Take a look.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Welcome back in everybody Happy, happy Friday Gunner, this is when you know The storms are bad and they're still Really bad where I'm at My dog rarely ever Comes down during the show Into into my little studio here Um, She came down and she's right at my feet, like, and she's a little shaky. Oh. I'm not going to, I'll show her you later. I don't want to mess oh. with her right now. Cause she's not the, you know, the thunderstorms are getting to her a little bit, but that's when, you know, cause she rarely ever does this. That's when I know it's a little different today. That's for sure. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, have to prepare when, because you know, animals can hear thunder in a distance a lot sooner than we can. Right. So we always know something's coming by my daughter's dog, which is a 75 pound dog. She starts clawing at the gate and, and whining, and she actually can rip through the gate, the gate opening. So we have to put things in front of the gate opening so she can't get through it. Yeah. And then, you know, with my daughter working down the hall in her room, you know, she has to keep the dog in her room with her because if she puts it back in the bedroom, uh, the dog will scratch the paint off the door. So, yeah. <laughs> and the two little dogs, we have them in crates, and we put blankets over the crates to calm them down. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's uh, it's life. It's life. But we're all good. All good. So uh, be careful out there again if you're in the field. I saw Duck uh, mention it, how it was kind of like right over him, uh, you know, in South Philly. He, uh, let me pull it up for you right now. Yeah, hey, so, 
Hey, yeah. Brock. Oh, uh, yeah. Come to, I was just going to tell you, it, the sun, it's a little windy. Yeah. The sun is actually back out here where I am now. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. Hey, Barbara Carroll wants to know, is Bravo actually good? I've, she says, I've never been there. Barbara Carroll, I promise you, I don't sponsor things that aren't legit. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I, they're really, really good. I, 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 I will seriously be going. I, I'll, I hit it like a couple times a week. It's awesome. And you really do have a lot of options. Like if you're, if you're, if it's not, their pizza is ridiculous, but if you're not just in the pizza, there's a lot of other stuff. Like they had this spaghetti bouillonnaise that I, that I tried the other weeks. So we got a meat sauce, fancy way of saying it. Uh, and it was ridiculous. So they're, they're, it's really good. It's really good. I promise you. Um, all right, Gutter. So let's talk some birds, man. All right. So storylines going in, let me hit throw a few at you. You tell me which one kind of catches you, what sticks with you. Okay. All right. So the biggest storylines going into camp, young defense, this is kind of touches what you were talking about, but young defensive players, for the most part, you could throw Jurgens and Steen in there too, but young defensive players or young players having to step up, new coaches and their style and schemes and demeanor, uh, how much better can Hurts get? Can Derek Barnett finally live up to the hype of where he was drafted? I think it was 14th overall and. 2017 who emerges as the third receiver slash backup tight end will there be a trade made i'm just giving you a couple storylines which one sort of catches you which sticks with you i will say how quickly the young players on defense uh adapt and step up to step up to speed and that includes jordan davis who had you know somewhat of a disappointing campaign he didn't play as many snaps as, as we thought he would play. And then, of course, he got hurt twice. That hurt as well. A lot of people had, had much higher expectations of his physical prowess, his rookie campaign. It really never panned out for the most part. Um, what's N'Kobe Dean going to look like in the middle of that defense? We know he has all the physical attributes. Um, now he's got to apply the trade at this level. He had a great learning year his first year in the NFL, being able to sit back and watch um, and learn from 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 veterans like T.J. Edwards, Jalen Carter. I think everybody's salivating at the prospects of what he's going to look like in that D line, and of course Nolan Smith as well. So I think it's how quickly will the young players adapt? Is Reed Blankenship that guy to hold down the back end, or is he only holding it until Sidney Brown gets up to speed? Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of young young player question marks about this defense. You've got enough veteran nucleus to hold it down, but. These other four or five guys have got to step up to make the whole thing work. And so I think for me, that's the biggest storyline in terms of how will it look once it's all messed together? Yeah, like I think that's huge because there's so many. There's such a volume of them. You know, uh, Davis, Carter, interior, Nolan Smith, does Keely Ringo, who we never really talk about. He's still the lone unsigned guy, I think, too. Uh, Will he get any kind of run? How will they utilize Nolan Smith? You know, I know we had we had Jeff Mosher on uh, yeah. a couple days ago, and that that caused a lot of stir on social media when he didn't necessarily draw a comp with Fred Warner saying Nolan Smith's Fred Warner. He was saying they may use him the way that the 49ers use Fred Warner. Yeah, see, the, the, the way that quote was, was put out there kind of misquoted what Jeff was saying. Yeah. And a lot of people, of course, as social media does, Took it the wrong way, the way Jeff was saying. And Jeff even texted me and said, D-Gun, uh, I was kind of misquoted. I said, I know, man. You know, 
And no matter what we do, he goes, you know, I don't really care. He said, but I was, I was kind of misquoted here. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, he was just making a comparison that the young man has the capability of doing some things that a proven pro bowler has been doing. You know, it didn't come out that way when it was worded, but um, you know, we get, we understood what Jeff was saying. Right. You know? um, and he does, you know, the talent is endless in terms of what, what it could look like, but you got to see it because for as many success stories as we see, we also know there are me- stories that range from success, mediocre to failure, you know, and we got to wait and see what it looks like. Right. Plain and simple. Yeah. And, and look, and, and I actually, I think I, I led into the question. I was the one who asked them, you know, basically my point was I, I started going back and watching Nolan Smith tape at Georgia and he's not just a one trick pony in terms of rushing the quarterback. He's right for a little bit of an undersized guy, he's very good against the run. So I'm just saying, I, I don't know that he has to be off the field in any kind of run situation anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's fascinating. I also think the, the hurts thing is fascinating too. Like the guy was the runner up MVP to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he had that kind of year, right? But what can we expect in terms of the growth from year? What are we going into year four? Like, what can we expect from that? You know, from him, in terms of getting better, what does it look like? You know, how do you define it? Yeah, I'm sure uh, Hertz and um, Nick Sirianni have a, a blueprint in terms of what they want from him um, to, 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 to take his game to another level. For me, he could play exactly the same way he played in 2022 and it will still be good enough to get this team to a Super Bowl. You know, I understand he didn't throw for 4,000 yards. He didn't throw for 30 touchdowns, but he accounted for 35 touchdowns. You know, he turned the ball over very infrequently. Mm-hmm. You know, he did he did a lot of things a young quarterback in his second year still don't do in terms of being more consistent at such a, an accelerated rate. Mm-hmm. So I think with the way this offense is structured and asking him to run it, I think the only thing is I think he can get better by running less Yeah, in that regard. I want yeah. to see him protect his body more, you know, and, and that's on the coach and on the player. Now we know there's times he's just going to have to take off and run. And there's times depending on defensive alignments, a quarterback run is going to be called for him, but I'd like to see, I don't want to see my quarterback carrying the ball 165 times down the field. I really yeah. don't. And I, and I think you're right. Like that, it's not just on Jalen. It's on the coaches sometimes to take it out of his hands right, and right. just call a straight running player or whatever. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him run a little bit less. I, I don't want I don't want to take away from who he is, but I would definitely like to see him run a little bit less. I, I think there's still, um, I think he could still be a little bit more accurate with some of his throws in terms of leading guys. Uh, I, I'm getting very nitpicky. I know that. Okay. But I think he'd get better at that. I think there's always ways to just, slow the game down even more for yourself where you anticipate what's coming. You know, you, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of, of what the, the defense is doing. The great ones always tell you how much it slows down. I think it slowed down for him a lot last year, but I think the game can always slow down more for you uh, while you're out there. Keep in mind, this guy's 24, 25 years old. Yep. If you talk to any of the greats and you said to them, compare yourself at 30 to what you were at 24 and 25, they'll tell you I'm, I was a completely different quarterback. You know, physical tools are there, but, you know, what you're seeing, what you're processing is totally different. And that goes for everybody at that age. I mean, there are a few guys, like some guys come on the scene and they're just freaks. 
Patrick Mahomes was just a freak. I mean, they're just some guys are different. But for the most part, you get better as you age in this game. And then there's that fine line between when does your body start to go down a little bit and you still have the brain, but the body's just not there. I think we got we're right in a sweet spot for Jalen Hurts. I really do. I think we're in a really good place. The best of the best struggle before they find their niche. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, uh, they all struggle. You know, um, Russell Wilson was in that category of a, a Jalen Hurts. You know, he started as a rookie. He went through some growing pains that first year, but then the second year is when he really started to take off. You know, there's very few quarterbacks that make that type of progression. Um, people seem to think this kid, Bryce Young, is is going to be one of those those rarities where he's going to find his niche before the season is over, keep improving, and the next year he will take off. He's got to go through growing pains. Mm-hmm. You're playing the game of you're still playing the game of football, but you're playing at a much different level. You're looking at more complex schemes on both sides of the football when you play it at this level. There's more mind games at this level than there are at the college level. Um, so the natural progression, as Jalen went through the, the first year, going nine and eight, and look at how this team took off once they got him in that second year, opened up the playbook, played more to his strengths the second year. Look at the quarterback he became, as you just said. He came, He was the runner-up to Patrick Mahomes, who is the best of the best in the league. He helped his team get to a Super Bowl, okay? He was a very integral part to this team getting to a Super Bowl. There are a lot of young quarterbacks that take three to four years before they find their niche in the National Football League. He found his in the second year as a starter. Mm-hmm. I think if, you, if you're being honest and took an anonymous survey, there's at least 10 teams, a minimum 10 teams in the National Football League said, I take Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback right now. Oh, please. I think it'd be more. I, I, I don't have to say minimum. Yeah. No, be. but you, Derek, I get your point. Point well taken. Um, that might be a fun little exercise for us, one of these shows. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you just spitting content as we as we <laughs> go through this. Um. The other, the other interesting thing too is I, I think all of these, you know, you could kind of throw in there as, as certainly interesting. Um, but will there be a trade made? Like, if we're sitting there, and look, we don't have access to, to the day to day. We do you, the media. We get 10, 15 minutes, and then we're we're kicked off. But the coaches and Howie and everybody are looking at this every day in camp. I truly believe if they if they're looking at safety or they're looking at linebacker. Perhaps somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, maybe third wide receiver. And they don't like what they're seeing. They won't hesitate to pull the trigger. I know that. I mean, and and keep in mind too, Derek. They have a lot of draft picks next year. The sort of the opposite of the way this year was setting up, where they didn't have a lot. They're with all those compensatory picks. They're going to be able to deal from a position of power with picks. Um, I don't know about a trade, but I do do believe, and I'm, I, I would bet bet on it. Um that Howie Roseman is going to make some kind of move. He's going to find some kind of veteran free agent to bring in and make whatever the, whatever the deficiency is look that much deeper um, in terms of uh, depth and, and hopefully versatility and help. Howie, Howie does not sit still. Howie's always got the wheel spinning. He's like the, you know, it's like the, the hamster on the, on the wheel. He can't, it's nonstop. Howie's always, the wheel is always spinning. He's going to find something. It's just a matter of what they needed that particular time. We all knew they needed help in the D-line, and he went out and got not one but two when the season had, had started. There's enough veterans out there wide receiver-wise that are still looking for jobs. 
that will probably be still be on the open market that Howie can choose from once they get to training camp or get to the regular season. So absolutely, I think there's another move coming. To what degree remains to be seen. Um, I think Howie will, will stockpile those draft picks next year to move up positioning-wise in next year's draft. You may have fewer. There's no way they're going to pick 12, 13 players. They're gonna oh, move, no chance. They're going to try to package those and move up higher in the third round, maybe move up higher in the second round. Yeah. Um, and I th- that, that's what Howie does. And that's mm-hmm. what I expect them to do. And that look, that's the fascinating thing about the draft. You know, you and I, are, we, we were doing shows all day long on draft day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and leading up to beforehand as the first round played out. And I don't think either of us thought there was any chance they were going to make that pick at 30, right? But but yeah. because, because Nolan Smith starts falling, everything changes and you scrap it. That's the great thing, you know, about the draft. It's what keeps us so fascinated and interesting, uh, interested in it. Um, for sure. So, all right, let me hit the, hit you with this one. Do you think at least right now that the guys kind of ties into this, that they're satisfied with the third wide out? No. That they're okay with it either being Quez or uh, Alamade Zacchaeus? Man, that's yeah. a mouthful, by the way, that name. That is a mouthful. Well, they were satisfied with it last year when they brought Zach Pascal in here. Yeah. But I think, I think this year, I think that's one of the positions they are closely monitoring. Number one, to see if Quez is true to his his word in terms of he's going to prove everybody wrong. And number two, if this 5'8 receiver they brought in can fit the bill of what they need from that slot position. I think it's one of the few positions they're going to watch very closely and monitor. And, of course, monitor what's out there that could possibly fit what they need if in-house people um, don't, don't live up to expectations. Forrest Hill is right. I, I believe as we sit here now, both Alameda and Quez make the team, but I don't know if it necessarily both will finish with this team when it's all said and done. They are very different. Quez is a yes. burner and Zacchaeus is a slot guy. He's in yes. possession. Yep. So I, I think that position and the right guard position are two, are two of the positions that will be closely monitored throughout training camp and early on in a regular season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be fun. Is there, what else would you say jumps out at you? Uh, you know, either of what I threw at you, Barnett maybe, or anything else on your own that, you, that you're looking at here. And all right, this one's fast. Like, I think the coaching thing's fascinating because we just assume yeah. the size is going to be a, a Gannon clone. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that about him. I don't know. I'm not either. Yeah. The only, the only thing is uh, he's already said that he doesn't blitz much, which Gannon did not believe in as well. Yeah. But in terms of how they attack and, and, and set their alignments, I expect it to be different from, from what we saw in the past. Um, I think the one other area, of course, would, which will be a hot topic of discussion, will be the safety opposite Terrell Edmonds. <clears throat> you know, between Reed Blankenship, everybody's clamoring for Sidney Brown to step in there. You know, I've seen some of the chats. He's going he's gonna to be the starter by the third preseason game, maybe. <clears throat> I think Reed Blankenship has a wealth of experience ahead of him and will get, be given every opportunity to solidify that position. But they didn't draft this kid, Sidney Brown, for no reason. You know, The fact that he was still on the board when he was was amazing in itself. But I do think Sidney, once he gets up to speed and understands the concepts and what he's supposed to be, what his job description is, will push Reed Blankenship. I don't, I don't know if he'll be able to push him out, but I think he'll slowly integrate him with the minimum amount of reps. And depending on how he excels, he could be playing 50-50 in terms of snap count along with Reed Blankenship. Yeah, there's a possibility. 
he could exceed Blankenship. But again, we don't know. We don't know what Matt Patricia and, and, and Sean Desai will ask of him and how, he, how they want him to utilize his, his physical attributes. Could be down a distance situation as well. Hard to tell. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think of like obviously Jalen oh. Carter. Uh, Nolan Smith, you know, obviously those guys are are looking to get time and we're going to be keeping a close eye, but it really feels like too, you know, Steen and Sidney Brown are guys that could really push this thing. Yep. You know, I, I, I think they would, they want Jurgens to be the guy going in. I think they would prefer black and chip simply because he has experience, but you can't tell me any of that's lock a lock. Any of that is locked in stone. I mean, I, I think yeah. that's up in the air, very much up in the air, at least into maybe it may not be until week three or four or something, but that's very much up in the air. You know, I wonder, do they really want, do they really want Jurgens to, to, to take that right guard spot or do they like him better in a backup role behind Kelsey as an insurance policy? I mean, this, this dude Steen is a mountain of a man at six, six. Yeah. And when you look at this offensive line as it is, outside of Kelsey, who's considered the little guy on the offensive line, these guys all range from 6'5 to 6'8 mm. and all 315 and above. I mean, Malata's pushing 350. What, what did you Lane know? call them? Uh, no, call them Jurassic Park. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, hey, by the way, and I'm, I'm sorry I forgot this. Um, this is good news, Gunner. We're, we're excited. Uh, next week. In fact, I was going to confirm your 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 text here. Tuesday, right? Tuesday, we're Tuesday gonna have Brand- Tuesday at twelve thirty. Brandon Graham, BG, BG will be joining the show. He was uh, going. He was. I tried to get him on today, but when he called me, he was in his car driving. He's uh, headed to a golf tournament that he's playing in some kind of uh, charity golf event. And then Monday, he's finishing up his classes. He uh he will finish up his bas- uh, bachelor's courses for his bachelor's degree. Um. Technically, he's finished up, but he still has some final work to turn in on Monday. Okay. And then, of course, he's got the summer babysitting duty. So he kept saying, what time? First, he said Wednesday. I said, okay. He goes, no, no, maybe Tuesday. And he starts going over his calendar as he's driving. He goes, let's see. Uh, the kids have a dentist appointment from 1.30 to 3.30. I said, we can do Wednesday. He goes, what about 12.30? I said, are you going to have enough time on Tuesday to get off the air at 1 o'clock and get your kids to the dentist? I said, how far do you live from the dentist? I'm only only 15 minutes. I said, okay, it's on you. Because you know if you're late, your wife's your wife's gonna get on you. Yep. If you're late taking the kids to the dentist. So But it just, uh, he is a real dad. Not not that, you know, he, he's not one of these guys who like no. is handing off to the maid or you know, whatever. No, he's no. a real hands-on. We've had him on before, Derek, where he's driving the kids to school and stuff. Yeah. So he's you know, anyway, or picking or, them up. Or a kid pops up while he's on the air. Yes. Yeah, you know, no, he is he is Mister uh, Mister Parent, no question about that. Yeah. He firmly believes in hands on, um, and he's a great dad, a great yeah. dad, a great dad to his kids. So. Not a surprise, that, you know, that he's a great dad. Uh, lastly, because you have been, I would say, optimistic. Yep. Regarding uh, Derek Barnett. Yes. And 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 what he could you know still bring to the table. I know a lot of Eagles fans have written him off. Um, right. Does he make the club? In your estimation? Um, I, I think he does. I really do. Um, and, and I say that because I think his situation is very similar to what Brandon Graham goes uh, uh, went through. And, and Brandon Graham uh, has been one of his mentors. You know, Brandon Graham, high draft pick, went through the injury bug. P- 
people were raining down negativities towards him to the point we joke about it all the time. He was uh, blocking people left and right on social media. You know, it kind of got to him, you know, hurt his feelings a bit. But kudos to the organization because they never gave up on him. They saw a potential in him that we couldn't see because we were blinded by the fact that here's a guy who was this high draft pick who never lived up to expectations and couldn't stay on the field. Okay. Um, I, I look at a Barnett, you know, um, really started to get better in 19, even though he still had the mental mistakes, started to get better in 2019, 2020. He had 12 quarterback sacks over those two years. Now dipped down to only two sacks in 2021 and, and got notoriety for more mental gaffes than anything else. Missed all of 22. Um, I do believe that the Eagles will not turn their back on him based on – I mean, when you look at what they have right now, Brandon Graham at one edge, Josh Sweat at the other edge. Um, and then you have um, you have, you have Hassan Reddick, uh, who, who plays outside as well. Um, I don't think you – know, we talk about Jalen Carter's here. Okay, I get it. You know, we, we talk about some of the speed that they have here. And Derek Barnett, when he's when he's on point, he's got one of the best bends in the game in terms of getting under these these uh, Jurassic Park type tackles in the National Football <laughs> I love League. That. I love that term. You know, um, I, I don't see in any way, shape, or form that they, unless somebody out there that's desperate enough to make a trade for him, you know, even though he's coming off that ACL, it cost him the whole season. Um, I don't think I don't think the Eagles are in a hurry to get rid of him. I do believe. I mean, let's face it. We 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 talk about it all the time, you know, from from the front office to the players. There's certain people in the organization they refuse to give up on when when they hear the public banter elsewhere. Howie Roseman, on down to Derek Barnett. So yes, I believe Derek Barnett will still be a part of this team in 23. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, interesting discussion there. Uh, as I, as I mentioned, we'll come back. We'll do some Phillies. We'll get into father son duos based off of uh, Father's Day. And uh, a lot of stuff in the NFL, man. Antonio Brown, once again, in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Jeez. Uh, more unhappy running back. Stop me if you've heard this before. Um, not just a running back. The organization, one organization unhappy with one of their wide receivers. And Derek and I will do our June 16th power rankings, 1 through 10 in the NFL. So we'll do all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to tell you about my man, Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Jim's the best in the business. Uh, I, I can tell you that, and there is no question about it. I can tell you from personal experience because Jim is someone I trust with my hard-earned work and hard-earned money. Uh, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. It's another resource that Jim can help you with. For, for me personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim. And I couldn't be any happier. He, I also love the fact that I can reach out to Jim, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email, and he'll get right back to you with any questions that you have. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Sit down and let me talk to you for a moment. Like Darth Vader yelling at you, man. You're like, all right, whatever you need me to do, I'm, I'm, I'm done. It'll, it'll get done. Uh, Derek and Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Friday, Friday, as we like to say, uh, June 16th, 2023. Uh, all right, let's talk a little Phil's Gunner. They win yesterday. They beat the Diamondbacks 5-4. They take three out of four in the series. And, and the concern that, hey, they're only beating the Nats and the Tigers – you know, I, I think has sort of gone out the window here when yep. you take care of the Dodgers and the D-backs in consecutive series here uh, in impressive fashion. You know, it, it was it was it, we thought we were going down the same road yesterday. Nola gets a lead. Nola gives up a lead and he has that implosion inning. Um, but so two things off of that, two observations off of that one. I do give Nola props because he did settle in and didn't let it destroy him and them. Uh, and, he, and he got them into the seventh inning. After that bad fourth or third, I think it was credit to the Phillies bats for the, the next half inning responding and taking a lead. And then the bullpen deserves a lot of love too. 
because those guys held it down. And here's here we, a really interesting sequence here, Derek. Yep. Eighth inning, one man on, one out. Uh, Rob Thompson elects to go to Sir Anthony Dominguez against yeah. Christian Walker, who went yard on him the night before with a three-run shot, which is a gutsy move, getting him back on the horse there. And he strikes out Walker, and he strikes out Lourdes Gurriel to end the inning. That, that's that got to be a huge confidence bolster for him, man. Well, you know, th- that's a manager telling the players, look, I understand you're human, but we also know you're here for a reason. Right. Now go back out there and do what we brought you here to do, and sure enough, he did it. You know, after Nola went down, you think about what is it, three bullpen guys gave up a combined one hit. Ugh. No walks, one hit mm-hmm. to finish off the game. That's what you want your bullpen to do, you know. If when you when you bypass a guy, what do you, what is that saying to that person? You don't trust me, and then it starts affecting the player's head when he steps to the mound. Man, if I make one mistake, they're going to pull me out. No, Rob Thompson is one thing. He's one of the many things he's been constant with is if you fail one day, I'm coming back to you. Yep. You know, so get ready. I'm coming back to you. And most of the time, these players respond. When I look at Aaron Nola. It's been the same thing, Rob. He pitches well. I mean, if you look at his stat line yesterday, hmm. he only gave up six hits. He struck out nine. He only walked one in 104 pitches, but he gave up the four runs, and more importantly, he gives up another homer. 11th consecutive game, he's given up a home run. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with this dude. And he somehow, somehow, he still gets to win for this game. He didn't win this game. The bullpen won the game. Right. I, I think there's two things at play, and they might be seeping into one another, Derek. And he's still having problems with the pitch clock. I, you know, th- that's still a major issue. Yeah. Yeah. And man, he is a totally different guy out of the stretch. Yes. He's a totally yeah. different guy. I mean, even, even during the broadcast, Ruben Amaro Jr. kept saying, I don't know if he's tipping pitches, I don't know what's going on. But these guys are getting much better swings against him out of the stretch than they than he is they they are in the windup. Um, you know, it's strange for a guy who's been around this long to be having. If it was just about the stretch, I feel like the the, the pitch clock is coming into it too. Um, but whatever, if you look at him out of the windup and out of the stretch, it's night and day. He's totally different pitcher. I mean, totally different pitcher. I, I don't know if he'll admit it, but why why is the pitch clock still affecting him when the other pitchers have adapted to it? It's not like it was thrust upon you at the last minute. You've had a whole month plus of spring training to get used to this thing. And other pitchers hasn't affected them. So what is it here? Is I, I think it's a combination of mechanical as well as mental. Yeah. You know, and and I'm looking at a lot of the pitches these 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 hitters are taking out of the park. It's always been a hanging pitch. Mm-hmm. You know. His breaking pitch has not been as consistent as we've been accustomed to it in the past. And when he makes the mistake, good hitters are jumping all over. Right. You know, you look at his slider, his curveball, it's like a Frisbee going across the plate. It just hovers across the plate. Boom. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it's gone. And yeah. we're at this point now, because, you know, pitchers do throw on their off days. Why haven't you able to, been able to get that consistent snap in your breaking pitches that we 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 know and love and, and, and have been wild by in the past? When he's on point, when his you know because he only he only throws a fastball ninety three ninety four, which is a decent fastball, mm-hmm. but his breaking pitches really help set up that fastball, and his breaking pitches have not been going corner to corner like like they have in years past. Yeah, and it's costing him, and I still wonder, you know, and we had Larry Anderson on. 
And we've had other people talking about, about him on saying they don't believe the contract thing is affecting him. I still can't get off the fact that I wonder if this contract issue has some, some back of his mind effect on his overall preparation and approach to each game. You know, they're not going to pay me this after I'm, what I've done for this organization. I'm not saying he says that. I'm just saying that's how I perceive it. Because we know a lot of times, we talk about it in football all the time, money matters affect your performance. Yeah, look, I can't say it isn't bothering him. I can't say that for sure. Uh, but it, look, maybe it's as simple as it's a combination of a lot of different things. You know, the contract thing being unsettled, he, the pitch clock, the way things are different now, you know, maybe a, a little things turn into a big thing for him. I, I I don't know, but you're right. I mean, one of the things I thought it was interesting last yesterday, and by the way, if you, if you want to go back and check it out, we had Larry Anderson on yesterday. Just go to jacobsports.com or Jacob Sports YouTube channel, either way. Um, but I think we had Larry at 1230, so you can go back and watch that. But one of the things Larry said was, look, um, he's got to trust that fastball too. You know, he when he is hitting his spots low and away, especially to righties with his fastball, it's almost yeah. unhittable. But he doesn't he'll, – he'll go away from it in games. if it's Even if it looks good the first three innings, all of a sudden it just disappears for some reason you know, in, in the fourth and the fifth. And, and Larry's like, there's no rhyme or reason for it. He just falls in love with the breaking stuff a little bit too much. And, and it gets him because these guys get used to seeing it. Is he not trusting the fastball as much as he has in the past? Is it not moving the way he wants it to? Yeah. You know, it's gotta be something from within that he's seeing or feeling that has gotten him away from the fastball um, a lot more this year than in recent years. Yeah. I, I think right now, Luckily, the team's winning. I just think his head's swimming right now. I think yeah. he's thinking about too much. Um, why is my, why are my pitches not as effective? You know, what about what's going on with the contract? If I'm his agent, I'm telling you, look, Aaron, don't call me. Don't ask me about the contract. Those things will take care of itself. Is he is he thinking about, is this my last year in the Phillies uniform? I can't believe they're going to let me go. You know, it, it sounds funny on the outside because you should be focused on playing the game and, and being the best you can be, but it's human nature. We all think those same things. Hey, yeah. man, am I going to have a job tomorrow? And there's a whole bunch of people at ESPN and the Disney family right now wondering every day, am I going to be here tomorrow? Right. How much is that affecting how they do their jobs? No, it's real. It, it it's is real. real. You know, um, and we've gone through it at places, and, and it's Absolutely. not fun. It is not fun. Yeah, they they're human beings and, and we do have to take that into account. Sometimes we, you know, we want them to be pros and we want to be able to block everything out, but we know, you know look, just, just Castellanos is a good example last year. You know, he, he said, look, it, yeah, it took me, it took me a long time. I, I was at a new place. I put pressure on myself. I had a baby, blah, 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 you know, on and on and on. So Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Yep. Trey Turner is another example. I hear you. And I think the other thing it's got to be just, just play with your head. If you're Nola is, he can look ridiculously good for three innings. Yes. And then all of a sudden it just, just goes to pieces and then get it back for two innings. It's, it's weird, man. It's just weird. But that's a lot been, of good. It's been his theme all season. He's that's been, been all winning. season. You're it's, right. It's, uh, it's the most perplexing thing ever. But like I said last uh, earlier this week or late last week, every time he goes through this, it's costing him a few more dollars because yeah. whoever you're negotiating with, whether it's the Phillies now or somebody else during the offseason – they're going to hold a leverage. If your numbers now, his record is what six and five right it's, now. It's yeah, the record's decent. The problem is okay. the ERA and the home yes. runs allowed and his WHIP and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're, you're giving, you're giving the, your negotiator 
leverage against you to bring to keep your numbers down. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a lot of positives, Derek, because the bats are are really starting to find themselves. And sure. whether it's Schwarber, Schwarber's got five in June already. Yep. Uh, whether it's Trey Turner, who's don't look now, here comes Trey Turner. Uh, he's starting to really hit. They had four guys with multiple hits yesterday: Turner, Castellanos, Stott, and Boehm. You realize Stott's over three hundred now. Yeah. Oh yeah. This season. This guy. I think, he, I think he has to be a legitimate candidate right now for the yeah. All Stars. I I'm with you. Like yeah. the automatic one should be Castellanos, right? But yes, Boehm. There should be more at least discussion about him. I don't know that he's going to get it because he's not that well known mainstream. Right. We know. Right. We appreciate what he's doing. But I agree with you, man. I, like, he, and he's played a very good second base on top of it. Really good. Oh no, no question about it. And, and you're right. A lot of times we we know that these all star events are popularity contest. Yeah, we get it. But just based on overall merit, there's no question about that. He's that he's deserved that honor and serious consideration. You know, the thing about Stout I like the most, Rob, is and that you know me, I, I was a big advocate leaving him in the one hole. You know, he was tearing the ball up in the one hole. But if you look at his overall numbers, it doesn't make a difference where you put him in a lineup. He's producing. Yeah. You know, he's batting fifth. He's batting sixth. He's batting first. It doesn't. And a lot of times moving a player around in the lineup affects their approach to the plate. Now with this kid. Thompson had a funny line yesterday. I don't, I, I, I was on after the game. So I was listening to all of, of Rob Thompson and I was on WIP after the game, but it was a really funny line. Somebody asked him about, you know, Schwarber leading off and, and what Stott's doing. And Thompson said, I don't think it matters if I put him at 13th in the lineup. He's going to give you the same exact kind of at-bats. This guy yep. approaches everything yep. the same way. He's just locked in. And that's for a second-year player. You know, so that I mean, says a lot. That's why, And that's why I mentioned to Larry yesterday. This is one of the few offenses from one through nine that put an exceedingly amount of stress on a pitcher. Because if you make one mistake, one through nine, can hurt you in a big way. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no weak link in this offense when these guys step to the plate. You know, a lot of pitchers, if I can get through one through four, one through six, I can breathe a little bit. I can make mistakes. And it's not, not going to kill. Now with this lineup. No. And the mental, the mental game, when you have a lineup like that against a, even a really good pitcher, because look at how many really good pitchers they've tattooed this year. Mm-hmm. Advantage uh, batting arsenal. Yes. No question yeah. about it. Yeah. So the what you're seeing here, and, and I think it's it's coming together now. You're seeing the offense starting to play the way we thought it was going to play, or hit they were going to hit the way we're, we thought they were going to hit. I think the bullpen most of the year, almost all year, has been pretty good for the most part. Yes. Now look at the starters. Now let's take Nola out of it for a second. Wheeler looks like Wheeler, like he's he's there. Yep. Suarez, what the last three four outings has been awesome. And Taiwan Walker might have figured it out. You know what they're doing with him in between starts? Mm. So they're having him, and he's totally on board with this, by the way. He feels like it makes him more athletic. He does stuff that position players do. He shags fly balls. He takes ground balls. And he feels like it keeps him active and loose and athletic. And he feels better when he takes the mound for doing it. I'm like, whatever works, dude. Go right Keep ahead. Doing Keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all positive, man. And, and you know what? Here's one other one I'll throw in there. Kimbrell. Kimbrell has really – you know how worried I was about Kimbrell. Yep. He's really settled in, and he he kind of looks like the old Kimbrell. He's got 10 saves now. Yeah. Um, 
you were talking about Suarez, and, and uh, when we watched him pitch the other day, the thing that really got got me was his breaking pitches were so good. Look at how many Diamondback players struck out on call third strikes because he had them completely full. And most times he snuck a fastball past them for the third strike. They were so so set and digging in to catch, try to catch one of his breaking pitches. He would sneak the fastball past them. Right. You know, and his fastball is not overpowering. It's no. good. Yeah. But it's not overpowering. But because of the way his break his breaking pitch has really helped him get to where he is right now in terms of consistency over his last three starts. I mean, he's almost untouchable now in the early earlier stages of an inning. He's so fun to watch too as a pitcher. A, he fields his position really well. He works quickly. Yeah. Like like he's he's just he's fun to watch, man. He he's you know, even I know everybody has to work quickly now with the clock, but he works even like it's if you watch, he's releasing these pitches with like you know, 10, 12 seconds. He's, it's, he's like, boom, boom, boom. He just goes. So he's, then I think that helps him stay in a rhythm and gets him going. But, um, and it affects the hitter who likes yeah. to take those extra sec- seconds, settle in, dig in, tap the plate a little bit, get in their rhythm. He's taking that rhythm away from them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if you look at it, here's the shame of it, Derek. They're in a nasty division. Yeah, they are. Like if the Phillies were 35 and 34, They'd be in first place in the central. Yep. <laughs> so you had the, the pirates at 34 and 33, same winning percentage as the Phillies, 507. You have the Brewers at 500. Everybody else is under 500 in that division. Unfortunately, Atlanta's won eight of 10. Miami's won seven of 10, while the Phillies have won eight of 10. So yep. they haven't been able to make up a lot of ground. Now, the good thing is, after you get past the A's this weekend, you'll get Atlanta and you'll get the Mets where you can maybe put some more distance behind you, you know, with them. So. Well, the thing about the Mets is as bad as they're playing right now, they always rise up to play the Phillies. They do. They, it's like that Marlins team. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how bad they're playing, they rise up to play the Phillies. And oh, by the way, before they hit the all-star break, who did they have to play? The Mets and the Phillies. Right. As well right. as Tampa Bay. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the the so here's what you have um, pitching against the A's, who have I guess come back to earth a little bit. They lost two in a row. Um, we know it's just weird at the ballpark there too. But you have Taiwan Walker tonight. You have a bullpen game tomorrow, which they may call up Christopher Sanchez. He might get the start, um, and then Wheeler goes on Sunday. I really like the way the pitching sets up against Atlanta. Uh, you go Suarez, Nola, Walker, because you get the off day on Monday. Wow. Um, so that sets up pretty nice. So they're going to be fun. That, that series is going to be fun. Uh, you got two night games and then a day game on Thursday. So, uh, you know, it, it should be interesting. And, and look, I, I, the one, the, one of the thing too, just to put a bow on the Phillies here, I, I think it's interesting in that while you don't want to start the way that they started, at least I think knowing how to get back out of that is an advantage that they had last year. You know, they, they were they were definitely there last year for sure. Yeah, and, and with a with a better nucleus of players pitching and even and the addition of Trey Turner makes them that much more dangerous hitting. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, these guys they went through this. The only difference was it was a managerial change before it really took off. Now it's just a matter of okay, you know, I know people are down on us, but this is about us. You know, even when they were losing Rob, they were hitting the ball. Oh yeah. It was just they weren't getting the pitching, the consistent yep. pitching. Now the pitching is pissed up from the starters to the bullpen. I mm-hmm. don't like this 
I don't like this bullpen game coming up on Saturday. No. But, you know, you see more and more teams doing it now. When did this become a fad in baseball now? I know. It's like you really can't develop enough pitching to have a fifth starter. And I get it. You know, the, the Phillies were counting on Painter. But still, I mean, it, 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 it's a, an indictment of the farm system. It really is. It's an indictment yes. of the farm system. There's no yeah. other way well, to put it. You know what, though, Rob? I, I equated to look at quarterbacks in the NFL. The product is watered down in that regard. Same thing with pitching. True. Think about how many teams that you have. The, the, the pitchers are not in the minor league systems anymore. Although I guarantee you, every year the Braves are going to bring up some kid we've never heard of. Or the Dodgers. Yeah, it's yeah. always the Dodgers. It's always the Braves and the Dodgers. Finding yeah. kid, and even Tampa. Tampa's yeah. become one of those teams now with a good farm system. Always find these kids you never heard of before, and all of a sudden they become stars in the majors. But outside of that, pitching is pitching is hard to find in baseball nowadays. Really a lot of is. kids aren't playing baseball like they used to anymore. A lot of them are not draft worthy anymore. Yep. Um, you're drafting a bunch, and then you're drafting a bunch of kids that may never get past the double A level mm-hmm. before they fizzle out. It's yeah. hard finding that depth and quality pitching across baseball now. It's, it, you know, there, there are guys pitching in majors, but they shouldn't be pitching. Just like this guy's quarterback in the NFL, they shouldn't be in the NFL. No, you're right. You're right. All right. I, I, I was going to wait for later, but I want to throw this at you now. You see what Otani did last night? Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, he, he, he starting pitcher, but also we know he plays in, the, you know, he hits too. Uh, so, he went six innings, two runs against the Rangers team that's leading the league in runs. Yes. He hit a 443-foot he just destroyed a ball to to left center at in Texas that that I think it bounced off like the upper tank. Uh, his fourth of the series. This guy's Derek. I'm telling you, man, he's got ten home runs in his past sixteen games. Uh, you know, pitched really well last night. It, it's night in and night out. If he's not on the mound, he's at the plate doing it, and it's all sort of lost because he's in Anaheim it's, you yep. know, same with trout. It's like trout. Yep. He's got 22 home runs on the season. Like this is Babe Ruth stuff that this guy's doing. When was the last time you saw a pitcher batting second in order? Insane. Never. I've seen never it. seen it. The answer is never, never. I've never seen anything like this. Kid. What, what factory did they mold him in <laughs> mold him from? Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. If he was in a, if he was in a market, like, not not just New York, Chicago, um, San Boston, Francisco, Boston, Boston, New York. If he played for the Dodgers instead of the Angels, if he was in Philadelphia, and he's also hitting three hundred one. Let me just throw that in there. Jeez, yeah, he's over three hundred on the season. Oh my goodness. He's got eighty hits. Jeez, he's six and two. Jeez, he, he's a freak. Like he is a a. This is like a guy playing both ways in foot, like playing corner and receiver and and crushing it at both. Like, it's, it's what it's like. Rob, you said 22 home runs, right? Yeah. He's already got 105 strikeouts. Yeah. As a pitcher, you're saying, yeah. In 14 starts, he's got 105 strikeouts. Yeah. No, no, I know. I, I, I like 22 home runs. I, we've almost gotten like ho-hum with him where we shouldn't be a ho-hum with what this guy's doing. It's on a nightly basis. It's, it's freaky stuff. It really is. <laughs> I, I I just I've never seen anything like this guy, and I've watched baseball for a long, many, many decades. I, I'm just I'm just blown away by what this guy does. And the thing is, you know, I, I believe he, he doesn't speak English, right? 
very minimal. Very little. He uses an interpreter most of the time. Yes. But even with that said, Rob, we've seen we've seen foreign players in different sports come to America and excel in in certain markets. And all of a sudden, they get the endorsements. You see them yeah. on the commercials. They'll speak through an interpreter, even through a commercial. Mm-hmm. If he was in a, any other market than Anaheim, I think. Well, bigger market than Anaheim, the, the endorsements would be coming. The endorsements yeah. and marketing are so creative nowadays. They would find a way to get him to endorse their product. Mm-hmm. I agree. Be a household name. If I, I think. Be, well, he, Derek, he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people, I think. Well, I hope this doesn't happen, but a lot of people are saying he might end up being a Met because that guy just doesn't care. He just, oh, just throws money around, you know, whatever. I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, that's when you're going to see this. That's when the explosion's going to happen. Yep. He gets to, to New York. Look out. You look at the Mets, which which makes sense. They spent $500 million in the offseason to put together this team. And you look at where they are right now. It shows you a lot of times money can't buy happiness or success. Mm-hmm. But if the Mets want him, like you said, that ownership there, they don't blink an eye when it comes to dollars and cents. Can you imagine? That's the last place I'd want to see him end up is with the Mets or the Yankees. Don't count the Yankees out either. I agree. You, know, you never are, count them out. No, no, you never count them out. They'll spend big money as well. I, I don't want to see him play for either New York team, but as we see it right now, those two are probably number one and 1A in terms of already salivating at the prospects of sitting down at the table with this guy. And plus, you're in the marketing capital of America, New York. Mm-hmm. Dude, this kid would have a field day in terms of money-making potential in New York. Yeah. Unless unless he's just the kind of person, you know, there's a lot of players, too, that just enjoy being True. in a small market environment. True. They don't like the limelight thrust upon them. You know, so I wouldn't rule out Anaheim making a stake trying to get him back as well. Or him well, Trout stayed there. Back. You know, Trout could have. Trout. Yep. Yeah. Trout's from this area. Yeah. Trout is from a high-profile area, yet he chooses to stay out there. Why? Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't want that heat on the East Coast. Yeah. You know, I don't want that media fan base heat on the East Coast. Hey, yeah, look, I, know thyself. You know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah, sacrificing absolutely. a couple of bucks to, to stay in your comfort zone, which means you're going to be happy and you're going to play well, it's worth it, you know, if that's the case. See, B- Barbara Carroll makes a good point. Oh, don't rule out the Dodgers. True. Dodgers like to spend money also, and you wouldn't have to relocate. Just move up the road a little bit. Yep. 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 Very, 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 very true. Uh, that's good call, sure. Barbara. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll step aside. We'll come back. Father-son duos, Gunner. Father-son duos, because it is Father's Day weekend. Uh, we will do that, and we'll get into our NFL stuff at 2 o'clock. Got a lot of stuff for you out of the NFL segment also. Uh, Michael Jordan in the news. Uh, Conor McGregor, again, for all the wrong reasons. Good birthdays, good movies. But we'll come back. And you guys want to chime in with yours as well in the chat section. Your best, and this goes for any sport, Okay. Best father-son duos in the history of sports. We'll do that when we come back. Derek, Rob, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Look, when you get crazy weather like we had, like we just had in the area where, where Derek and I are, sometimes you get flooding, right? And sometimes, unfortunately, whether it's your basement or your crawl space or something, your basement in general, if you don't have a fixed, uh, uh, done base or whatever, you can have some problems, right? Maybe with your roof, whatever the case may be. But if you get water damage, if you get smoke damage, if you get, if you have mold remediation that you need, ProAction Restoration is the place to call. They're also on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. So could be any time of day, could be any day of the week, could be a holiday. They are ready to roll if you give them a call. 
I know I went through it on a Saturday and they got right out to my parents' house and they were great. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. ProAction Restoration has been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades and they will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke, mold damage, they're there and they've handled it with a plum for two decades. They will continue to do so. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Back. Thanks for hanging with us. We are Sports Take. Let's tell a friend. Let's hit the like button if we could, friends. Appreciate that. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Friday. All right. Father's Day weekend. We talked about it a little bit earlier. You and I are low-keying it, Derek. Uh, and anybody wants to share what their plans are, we can do that as well. Um, but we're looking for great father son duos in sports. I'm seeing some good ones, yep. uh, so far. Like, this is a good one. I had this one the Matthews father and his kids, Clay Matthews, along with Clay, the uh, the second, and yep. Casey Matthews, who played for the Eagles for a little bit. GG, I, I always joked when I was in NBC that the Eagles got the wrong Matthews. Yes, which is correct. Uh, GG, Dell and Steph throw Seth in there too. GG, throw throw him in there. That's uh, right. So, and you, you can do that if you want to go with three siblings. Like I'll give you an example. Um, the Boons, right? Yep. There's there's Bob Boone who played for the Phillies and managed, but he had his father Ray played in the big leagues. Absolutely. He had Ray Boone, Bob Boone, Brett Boone, and Aaron Boone. That's pretty cool. Three generation there. No the Bells, there's three generations too. No question. Look at the Mannings. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Archie, Peyton, Eli. Well, I, you know, the, I think the Mannings, you'd be hard pressed to beat them simply because, well, I don't know that Eli gets in the Hall of Fame, but both guys won Super Bowls. Mo- both guys won multiple Super Bowls. Yep. Peyton's already in. You know, and Archie, had he not been drafted by an expansion team probably would have been a hall of famer but he played on really bad teams his whole career yeah that's a pretty good one what, what, which one would you go with Derek? what would you uh, chris with? and howie long good one that's that's one of my all-time favorites you know dad dad's in the hall of fame doing great as a fox sports analyst son did his thing one one of the few players in the history of the game that went back-to-back super bowls with two different teams right uh he's doing well with his podcast now uh, we've had him on this show a couple of times. Um, had a great career. So I, w- I would start with the long, long family. That's good. Throw Kyle in there who played in the NFL too. Their brother Kyle. Kyle, as well. Kyle was a first round draft pick and then he retired abruptly. Yeah. Very young. I think he went back. Yeah. So he, ret- he had a lot of injuries and he, I, he was just kind of like, I'm done. Yeah. I think he sat out a year and then he went back to Kansas city. And what happens is he gets hurt right away in camp or something like that. Yep. And then, then he was like, I'm done, done. So yeah, I don't. No, hey, look, man. Some guys just they don't they they're good with their money and they don't need it. They don't want to have their bodies destroyed. I don't blame them. Hey, he was a high first round draft pick. He got his money, and you know, even if it was only twenty something million, I mean, still, um, that's enough money to live on the rest of your life if you yep. if you if you do it right. You can, yeah, if you're not you looking to live large, 
even if you only got out of the 26, even if you only got 15 million out of it out after taxes, agent fees, and all this stuff, you can live off the interest interest comfortably off 10, 15 million for the rest of your life. Exactly. It's why so many of these guys shouldn't go broke, but exactly. You know, um all right, I'll, I'll throw a couple others at you that, that just up. How about the uh, – well, I, I want to give props to the people who had it. So uh, let me see. Uh, the lambs are dead. Yeah, all right. So um, Barry and Bobby Bonds. Yep. Now, Bob, Bobby didn't quite – well, he didn't have the career that Barry had for sure. Um, yeah. he, he was good. He bounced around a little bit. He had some, he had right. some issues off the field. Um, but, you know, Barry – it's a shame because you know the, the the whole PED thing, but you know you you can make an argument the guy's a top five baseball player that's ever lived. Uh, he was that kind of player, so that, that's think, a that's a real good one too. Punch. I, I think Barry was so talented that he took his natural gifts for granted. As great as he was, he could have been even better. I covered him when he was young, when he was with the Pirates. I mean, I, I covered that team when they went to those back to back NLCSs. You know. And as for as talented as he was, Barry was very arrogant at times, um, very self-appreciative. Um, and I tell you what, he was a lot skinnier than the Barry Bonds you knew who looked like who looked like a pit bull in the latter stages of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he and I were pretty good friends, and we would sit we would sit around and hang out away from the ballpark and just talk. Um, and you know, he at least he was smart enough to realize sometimes he knew his arrogance rubbed people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with, with with players like him and, and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, with the steroid thing hovering over them, you wonder when or if they will ever get in the Hall of Fame. Right. Because I do believe decision makers are going to hold that over them for a long, long, long time. But if you got a chance to see Barry Bonds play as a younger player, the natural gifts he had were second to none. His ability to run. He didn't have the strongest arm, but he could get to point A to point B in a hurry. His swing was textbook perfect. He could swing for power. He could hit to all fields. He had everything he needed. And he put up these gargantuan numbers, and unfortunately they were tainted by the steroid issue. I hope he gets in one day. Um, but, yeah, I had, I had a chance to watch him to, to, to blossom into the type of ball player he became early in his career. Yeah, look, I I think I really do. I think a lot of it he saw what McGuire was doing, what Sosa was doing, what Canseco was doing, and how much attention the home run got. And I think he decided to go that route, even though he had an unbelievable hand eye and skill and all that. And and you know the rest was uh, history, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of other ones. I'll give you one. Again, some of these are pretty lopsided in terms of like the greatness for one versus right. the other. The Bryants, Joe Bryant, yep, and Kobe. You know, Joe played in the league, played played for the Sixers. Yeah, uh, had a really successful career overseas as well, and we know what Kobe was. But but Joe did you know in his own right played in the league. I know? covered Joe when he played for the San Diego Clippers. No oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you need. By the way, you need to watch Derek the um, on ESPN thirty for thirty. The latest one is on Bill Walton. It's yes. four parts, uh, but it, it shows his San Diego Clipper days, uh, which I think you would appreciate some of the stuff that went down there. But anyway, if you get a chance to check it out, check it out. Yep. Um, I saw. I saw a little bit of it. I haven't seen a lot of it. I've seen a little bit of it. So um, I will pick it up. You know, yeah. in all my free time, right? 
<laughs> you got to get everybody to bed and then you do yeah. your late night thing. And that's how you, that's how you get caught up. Uh, really good one from Forrest. And I forgot about this one. So props to Forrest for this one. Ed yep. and Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. Ed was this really solid receiver, man. Not, not, no he wasn't Christian. He wasn't spectacular like Christian, but he was solid. Good player. I believe he won a Super Bowl with Denver. He did. He won two. With uh, Elway. He was on those, both of those yep. last two Elway teams. Uh, Eagles fan came up with a good one. Uh, um, where was it? Uh, Prince and Cecil Fielder. That's yes. right. Yes. You know, I, yep. covered, I covered Cecil Fielder when they were part of Harvey's wall bangers. Um, you know, great talent, you know. And Prince had a great career. I thought his career would last longer than it did. Um, but He got hurt. His yeah. neck, he had a bad neck yeah. and he never, it could, it just, it just ruined him. And he, he had a great start of his career and then it slowed down a little bit because of that, unfortunately. But see, dad, dad had more muscle tone to him. Prince was more like kind of, kind of, uh, yeah. How do you describe it? Like uh, I would more. say he wasn't necessarily in tip top condition. No, but he had great talent. He had great power, yep. but uh, injuries took their toll on him as well. Yeah, I'll give you – Dan gives a good one, the DiMaggio's. So you had – I don't know if it's father-son, that's brothers. But you had Joe, you had Dom, you had Vince. One of them played for the Phillies. Yeah, obviously Joe's the headliner there, right, yep. with them. But that's a, that's yeah, certainly family-wise. This is a good one, too, from Yale. Gordy and Markel. I mean, you're talking about the second-best player that ever lived. Mark's right. also in the Hall of Fame. Both of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. No question about it. So that no that is damn good. I'll tell you another one, hockey. And I, this was probably one of the first ones out of my list, and William has it. Bobby and Brett Hull. Yep, I got it on my list. Absolutely. Both Hall of Famers. Yeah. No question. Yeah, um, good. Another great one, Mario and Michael Andretti. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yep. That's a, that, Let's stay there then for a minute. How about the Petties, Lee and Richard? Absolutely. You know, two of the, two of the greats in their sport. You could go Dale and, and Dale Jr. as far as yep. the Earnhardts go. What about the Uncers? Al the and Uncers. Al Jr. There's yep. a lot. There's a lot in in racing. In there's racing, a lot yep. of them. Uh, a lot of it's handed down generation to generation for sure. I'll give you another one, off the beaten path a little bit. How about the Hills? How about yep. Calvin, and who Grant. played in the NFL, and Grant, who's a basket, who's a pro, you know, who was a Naismith basketball Hall of Famer. That's right. That's a pretty good one. How about how about the Griffies? Yeah, well, without that, without a doubt, and, and you know what, yeah. Ken Senior was was good. He yeah, was solid. They got to play together. Junior's in a different universe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got to play together for a season. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's the coolest father-son sporting moment ever. Back-to-back home runs in a game. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing will ever – nothing's going to top that. The only thing to top – here's the only thing to top it. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. LeBron and his kid playing together in the NBA. Oh, my know, goodness. Yeah, throwing oh. a lob or you – know, something like that would be pretty pretty cool. Um, Eagles fan gave us another one, Roger and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, that's yeah. another good one. That's a good one. Uh, I, what, I had a couple others on my list. The Nortons, Ken Senior, absolutely, who was a great boxer, and Ken, uh, the Sills just came up with it too. And and Ken Junior, who played forever in the NFL as a linebacker and as a that's coach. Right. Uh, they're two good ones. Um, what about um, Marvin Harrison and his son at Ohio State is going to be a first round pick? So. Marvin Jr. might be might be the most highly touted receiver prospect coming out Absolutely. that we've seen in a real long time. Like he is going to be potentially top five. He's that good. Um, but yeah, and he's only a true junior, so he couldn't come out last year. 
Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple other ones here that we have uh, that, I, that, that, I, that I was looking at. How about Vlad Jr. and Sr.? Oh, Guerrero. No question. I mean, Vlad, Vlad Sr. was a great, great, great player, and Jr.'s on his way. That, that, that Blue Jays team has Vlad Jr., yes. has, has Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's son, yeah, Kevin Biggio, who's Craig Biggio's son. Craig Biggio, Craig Biggio was a great player. They have three of them just That's on that team. Player. How about yeah. this one? The Ripkins. Yes, yes. Cal Senior, yep. Junior, and Billy played and in, Billy. In, in major yep. leagues. Yep, yep. It's so many. I mean, the, the list. Oh, I got another good one. Felipe and Moises Alou. That's a really good one. That's outstanding a good one. Base, Both both outstanding baseball players. And Philippe. Um, Philippe had a bunch of brothers who played too. Yes, yes, he Ma- did. Matty Alou and uh, oh god, there was like three of them that played in, in Major League Baseball. By the way, yeah, I, I let me commend Sills. Good work out of Sills. I uh, appreciate you watching the show, Dan, and and uh, and participating. We do appreciate that. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, you like you know, far as to say, look out for Bronny and Bryce. Uh, you know, doing their thing. That's LeBron's two kids. So uh, Bronny is going to USC. And Bryce, I, I believe, is going to be a junior in high school. He just transferred from wherever they were going to high school. Yep. Uh, so he's – yeah, certainly keep your eye on both of them, uh, no doubt. I, I don't know, man. I, I always – I look at both of those. It's It's got to be hard when your dad's LeBron James. And, wow. you know, and there's all this speculation that he's – you know, he's sticking around because he wants to play with the older one. It's like, damn, man. Like, that's got to be hard. <clears throat> Well, you know, as soon as, soon as the Lakers were knocked out, we, we started here. Maybe LeBron is going to retire. He's he's contemplating retirement. I think that would be cool. I mean, because his son is, what, at least two years away from possibly even playing. In you have NBA? to be one year removed from high school. So right. he would he would have to – he'd have to play this year. You know, he's going to play at USC. And then he's eligible if he wants to. But, like, my thing is, too, what if the kid needs three years of college? Exactly. You know, from a game standpoint and a maturity standpoint. It's tough. Well, we've heard, we've also heard LeBron say he would like to play until he's like 41, 42, which means even if his kids stayed in college three years, they would put it right there at 41, 42. Right. That's easy to say now, but it depends on what the body and the mind is like at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got another good one for you. One yeah. of my all time favorite tennis players. Okay. Yannick Noah and his son, walking, walk, Joe, Kim, Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, that's Noah. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, the, that's the weird cross sport one. Like, yeah. it's, that's a good one. I like that one. Ga- uh, uh, said he says Gary Payton and Gary Payton. I think it's the third. I think the son is the. Third. I believe it's the third. Yeah, but that's a good one. That's a that's an under the radar one. How about the Thompsons? Oh, Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson, and right. the other brother plays for the Dodgers. Trace Thompson. Trace. He's that's a baseball right. Good point. Yeah. So oh, what about the? Uh, did we mention the? Uh, oh, Rick and Brent Barry. Rick and Brent Barry and and uh and John Barry and John. In the league too. Yep. You had you had all all of them. And and all he I I think Rick had I know Sills has him on his show. He could probably probably would know this better. I think he had at least four sons who played division one. Scooter played Jeez. at Kansas, Drew played at Georgia Tech, John played at Georgia Tech, Brent played at uh Oregon State, and he had a younger son, I think from another marriage. Who ended up at Florida? So he had five kids who played Division One basketball. Jeez, Isn't that wild! Oh goodness! I mean, 
Tell me it's there is genetics, man. I'm sorry. People can say whatever they want, but tell me exactly. genetics isn't involved in it. There's no question. I'll go back to my old team. Um and the Brewers back in the scene. There was Sandy Alomar, and then his son came along, Sandy Jr. And and Roberto. And Roberto Alomar, yes. Yep. Man. Yeah, and they were look, I mean, Roberto, is he in the Hall of Fame? I think he is. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Let me find it. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and look, um, Sandy was a darn good catcher for a very long time. He's been up for a couple managerial jobs too. Sandy has. Um, I'm just trying to find. I'm, I'm going to look up right now if he was uh, if he's a Hall of Famer, Roberto. I think he is. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's right, Kellen Winslow Jr. Senior Jr. Oof. Yeah, be careful Junior with that unfortunately one. Unfortunately, lost his mind. Oof. Yeah, it, uh, you ever have any time on your hands and you want to go back and look at some of those reports of what the went transcripts? on? Oh, yeah. He's a bad guy, man. He is a bad human being. Uh, the Andretti's. Good work out of Eagles fan. The Andretti's. Yep. yep. There's a lot in racing, man. There are a lot in racing. That That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we did JM. We did the Mannings. Yeah, that that's a really good one. Like the three of them. It's a shame Cooper had it was a really good receiving prospect. And he had he had uh, spinal stenosis, I believe. Yeah. Um, so he didn't he could you know his career was cut short at Ole Miss. Uh, but there there was good. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to choose from. I if you had to say, I don't know, man. When you're talking about the Hulls, both are in the Hall of Fame. The Howls are both in the Hall of Fame. Um, Vlad Jr. could get in the Hall of Fame. That's that's very possible. That's a very possible. Good possibility. I'm just trying to think who the best. You know what? Good. Let me give me throw one more at you. By Forrest. Trotter Jr. is going to be a beast. Yes. Trotter Jr. It, it, the amazing thing is Trotter Jr. Excuse me. And uh, Marvin Harrison are both the same year. Both played together at St. Joe's Prep. They're definitely Harrison barring any kind of injury thing. And I know linebackers aren't taken super high, but he's got a good chance to be a first rounder too. You could see two first rounders from the same high school coming out next year and two, two, you know, offspring from, from NFL players. Now, now I just came across one It's off the beat, but you know how I love horse racing, right? Yeah. What, what, what is considered one of the greatest horses of all time, man of war was the father of war admiral. And both of them had a tremendous amount of success. It's thoroughbreds. Hey, That's a good call. Nobody nobody said it had to be, you know. It didn't have to be humans. Yeah, it had to be humans. <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it it's funny. Like, certain um, certain father-sons are, like, really synonymous with one another. Others, they, you know, maybe not so much. But it's uh, – it's cool to do the cross sports stuff like the Nortons, uh, you know, football and boxing and, and some of the others, but we're getting some good ones here. Yeah. We, we, we mentioned the, uh, the Matthews brothers, you yeah. know, it's, it's not just clay and, and, and clay and Casey. How about Bruce Matthews, his Bruce. son, Jake. That's right. Um, played in the NFL as well. Jake was a first round pick. Yeah. He didn't quite yeah. work out as, as, you know, as well. Um, Isn't he still in Atlanta or no? I think he's out. I don't think he's playing anymore. Um, Muhammad and Muhammad and, and uh, well, Layla Ali. Uh, Layla, yeah. She went into the, to the boxing field. That's right. It's an interesting one. Um, you know, for sure. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, there's some good ones. There is definitely some good ones. Father da- Gigi says any father daughter. Well, Ali would be one, right? Um, the cat. Do you remember Harvey Catchings? Absolutely, I covered him with the Bucks. So his I've daughter. Covered a lot of teams, dude. His daughter was a was a phenomenal college player and played in the WNBA. Uh, what was her name? Tamika. Uh, Tamika. 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 Yeah. So Harvey and Tamika yep. would be would be you know father daughter, not father son, but father daughter. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any any other father daughter besides mm. Ali and the and the and the catchings. I, I, I'll give you one that's interesting. I'll give you one real quick. John Runyon's daughter is a very good basketball player for Villanova. That's a good point. Um, I, I don't know that she'll play in the W. I have no idea about that. Whether she's playing in the WNBA, but I know that she's very, very good. Sills is right. Randall's daughter is a track phenom. phenom. She is a a high jumper. She is a phenomenal high jumper. She's built like Randall, like tall, lanky. Like if you see her, you're like, okay, that's Randall's daughter. But she's a she's a freak athlete. She really is. Wait, didn't didn't she did she fall short of making the last Olympics? I, I something happened. I don't know if she either fell short of making it or didn't do all that well uh in the actual Olympics themselves. I'll I'll, okay. I'll find it. Vashti is her thank you, Adam. Uh Vashti is is Randall's uh daughter. I'm I'm actually pulling it up right now to see if I can find it. Uh let's see. Track high jump, daughter of Randall. Uh, her mother was a ballerina. Um, okay, all right. Did she make the Olympics? Did she make the Olympics? Uh, Gigi, world... Gigi said Sills is next. Daughter, his daughter is a rugby star. Uh, Sills has told me she's a pretty good rugby, rugby player. Rugby star? Oh, is that right? Nice. Never, I haven't seen her play, but according to Sills, she's a pretty good rugby player. All right, so I'm looking at this right now. So, Derek, I... Uh, Man, she's won a lot of championships. She was first in the high jump this year at the indoor, first okay. in the outdoor last year. I mean, her she's got a lot of damn. What year what year is she? She's 20, she's out of college. She's 20 okay. just turned 20. Well, she turned 25 in January. So so did she miss the last Olympics? I'm trying to I can't I can't find if she was in the Olympics. Okay. Wow, she's 6 foot. Yeah, she's tall. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't, I think you might be right. Oh, no, she was, she came in sixth, sixth in the Olympics in the high. Okay. Okay. So she was in the 20, they remember they had to push it back a year because of the pandemic. It was in 21. Yep. So she was, she made it. She did make the Olympic team. I I think, I think it was, I think she's gunning for the next one because she, she was disappointed in how it played out, but that's nonetheless, I mean, still an unbelievable accomplishment. Barbara Carroll, good one. Dennis Rodman's got a daughter who plays in MLS or uh, the, the Women's Soccer League, excuse me, mm-hmm. and played on the uh, the U.S. Women's team for the USA. So that's a good one too. So speaking of Dennis Dennis Rodman, have you? Oh, that's a good one, Asante. Asante Forrest, yeah. good work, Asante and, and Asante Junior. Yep. Have you seen the documentary I told you about yet um, about uh, Dennis Rodman and and I have to what watch he that. went through as an NBA player and his his. Uh, his so-called manager, who was a woman, um, who claimed it was her son working for her, um, when in actuality it turned out to be her husband and stuff like this, and how much no. money he lost. 
Oh no, I didn't. I haven't seen it. No, but I, I remember you telling me about it. Yeah, you got to see this one. This one is crazy. Okay. I mean, you knew he was crazy to begin with, but this his whole scenario about going through the NBA and and people he let get close to him and money he lost. Dude, you got this. This is wild. It, it yeah. It, it I it, like. I'm put this way. I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't. I'm not saying yeah. that's a you know, yeah. but I'm. There's so many of these kind of stories, unfortunately, where these guys just get ripped off by, by bad people um, and put them in big, bad spots. All right. So when we come back, that was, that was good. It was fun to bounce that around a little bit. Good stuff out of the people in the uh, chat section. We'll come back. We're getting a bunch of stuff. Antonio Brown, Justin Fields, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Chief, the Chiefs ring is insane. We'll do that. Uh, some bear stuff. And we're going to do our, our top 10 power rankings right now as we sit at June 16th in the NFL. So you don't want to go anywhere later. Uh, more, more bad stuff from Connor McGregor, uh, Michael Jordan in the news as well. And some pretty good birthdays and movies. So we'll do all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's talk about Flynn tree services. Yes. Flynn tree services is an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So ask yourself the question, do I have any issues? Anything I can get taken care of right now before the summer really gets crazy with the wind and the rain and all that. They serve as southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now keep in mind, once that summer hits and we get that nasty stuff, it might be too late. You want to get everything checked out beforehand. Go to their Facebook and Instagram for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank. 
the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Derek Gunn Bar- and, and Rob Ellis. I almost said Barrett. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's here in spirit. We miss you, Barrett. Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot to dig into with the NFL. Let's let's get this one out of the way. It's sad. Um, and you, you condolences go out to, to, to the family. But uh, Ray Lewis the third, who was 28 yeah. years old, the son of Ray Lewis, you know, who we all know, uh, passed away. We don't know the, the cause, but, uh, you know, tough, man tough i we, we we've talked about this uh, before i don't ever want to wake up and get a call that one of my kids is deceased uh that would that would just destroy me um and i don't know I, i'm assuming they were close but you wake up and find out that your son uh especially we don't know what the cause of death was yeah um but you find out that one of your kids is gone man that's that's gut-wrenching man i know yeah. it would, i know what it would do to me and so, you know, prayers going up to the Ray Lewis family, you know, um, you know, I know it's, 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 it's a devastating time, man, but you know, um, you know, things like this bring families closer together and, uh, you know, just lean on each other during this time. Cause it's. Phew. Yep. Tough. Mm. Very, very tough. All right. So, um, just to keep it moving here, and obviously, you know, kind of segueing out to uh, to the fun and games here. Uh, certainly, it doesn't compare to what he went through or what's what he's going through. But uh, you know, Derek, this is it's one of those stories that you just it he keeps popping up for every wrong reason. And uh, if you didn't know, Antonio Brown um, was the owner and was kind of running a a, a, a t- an arena league team. Yeah. So anyway, the the league itself has kicked them out of the uh, the Arena League, yeah. uh, the team that he was running. It was a team that his father, Eddie Brown, played for back in the day. Um, for failure to pay fees or fines, uh, guys weren't getting their paychecks. Uh, apparently, it was just a total disaster. Uh, like, Antonio Brown kept promising he was going to play for the team, and it never came to fruition, and it was just a mess. Like, everything he touches, it was a mess. Um, he also made some comments about the league um, that they didn't that didn't sit well, and I believe the the comments he made was the final straw to this whole thing. But to show you how discombobulated this thing was, uh, last week the team dropped a game to a, he, he he owned the Albany team, right? 
and they dropped the game to, to Orlando and dropped them to one and six on the season. He he cuts both quarterbacks. <laughs> you, got, you you potentially had another game coming up this week. You have no quarterbacks. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, dude, and, and, uh, and I've heard so many former players say that here's a young man who who needs help, who's crying out for help, who needs help. Right. And a lot of people wonder if it's the brain trauma that he endured in his career. Um, but yet he hasn't either sought the help or nobody has really just grabbed him, embraced him, and, and forced him to get the help that he needs. But you're right. Everything that he touches, Rob, lately has been a disaster. You know? Yeah. It um, makes me wonder, like, what what were, what were the checks and balances? I hope he focuses on himself. Yeah. What, what what were the checks and balances to to allow him to have ownership in that league? Other than he promised to cut big checks, I do wonder about that too. Yeah, you know, with his history, yeah. Do, are you really surprised at this kind of outcome? I don't think anybody is, you know, frankly. And, and, and I'm with no, you, Derek. I, no, and, none of us. You have to wonder, yeah, you have to wonder also. Did he have any other financial backing with him in this thing? Is he cutting these checks on just NFL money, endorsement money he made? Because that money's going to run out real quick in a situation like this. If yeah. you're not generating income, how can you sustain sustain it? You know? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I, I the 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 answer is I'm not sure. I'm not sure what all, all the all the inner workings were uh, with him. But you know, again, another another bad story from Antonio Brown. Um, well, we this feels like a trend, and it feels like we talk about a different running back every single day who isn't happy with, you know, either their deal or just kind of the league and, and the way the running backs are treated. But this one's a little different. Like J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens um, is unhappy. He's unhappy with the organization. Uh, he's let it be known. But, Derek, you made a great point when we, when we were talking about this um, early, earlier on our on our pre-show meeting. He, he doesn't – he's not in the same category as Jonathan Taylor and some of these other guys who have been – Austin Eckler, who have been studs. He's missed a lot of time with injuries. He had he had a severe knee injury and it cost him the entire 2021 season. He's only played 25 games in his career. He's missed 27 games. He's his, his The last year of his rookie deal this year, he's scheduled to make $1.391 million. If I'm the organization, the Ravens organization, it's a wait and see. And I understand you're frustrated, but let's negotiate. Let's talk after the season. You've got to show me that you can get through this season. We cannot invest big money in you. You're a great young running back. You have a lot of potential. But the last two seasons in particular, and even though he averaged almost five and a half, over five and a half yards or something like that last year, he's he still – had not fully come back from that devastating knee injury in 2021. I can't, I can't make an investment like that as a businessman. I can't make a speculative investment like that. I need to see the product stay on the field. If you stay on the field 17 games and hopefully beyond that, we get to the playoffs. We're talking about other financial ballpark, but right now I'm sorry, but you're in a wait and see holding pattern for me. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said earlier, I think a lot of these running backs have a legitimate beef. Like, I think they they have every right to feel the way that they feel. They they get beat up, they're underpaid, and they and they produce for their team. I think he has every right to feel that. Most of them have every right to feel this way. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins, I, I don't have any sympathy for it. Show it, go out there and have a have a have a great year, and you know maybe either with Baltimore or somebody else, you get a Miles Sanders kind of contract. You know what's what's crazy, Derek? The more you see this, 
boy, did Sanders get a good deal in Carolina. Really did. I mean, better than than most yeah. of these other bats. Yeah, twenty two million. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, J.K. Dobbins also had the nerve to skip the mandatory minicamp. Now, again, you miss sixteen thousand plus the first day, and it jumps up to we say thirty something thousand a second. Yeah, day? then forty nine, and yeah, et cetera. Yep. So you you basically not even making two million, and after taxes, you're not even making one million. And you just gave a big chunk of your future earnings on principal. Whoever's advising, you better get a new advisor, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Or you better start listening to your advisor if you're not. Yes. If if they're trying to tell you. Crazy. Uh, All right. A couple things, items out of Chicago. One, it appears that Justin Fields and DJ Moore, who came over in the trade, are like in sync you know, are, are on point with each other already, and they could be a nice little combination. You know, DJ Moore is very underrated, so that doesn't surprise me. I, I think he'll be a great piece for Justin Fields. If I was Justin Fields, soon it was announced that trade went down. I'm on the phone with DJ Moore. Hey, can I fly you into Chicago? I will take you to the best steakhouse in Chicago. If you need to, you can stay at my house for as long as you want until you find a place to stay that you're comfortable with. Uh, I'll introduce you to every teammate you want to meet on this team. I am doing everything I can to roll out the red carpet uh, carpet for, for my new wide receiver because he didn't have a favorite target last year. And now all of a sudden he's got one. You do everything you can to expedite that bond soon as you can. And I, I, in, as much as I'm not a fan of Chicago because, you know, the same division as right. Green Bay, I'm looking forward to seeing these two play together, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I am too. Look, I, Justin Fields is, is one of those guys I, I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on, period. I just want to see what he looks like with with a, with some some help. And I don't think he had a lot of help the last year. So uh, he's going to be interesting. Now, the the other the, one of the other receivers that they were going to be counting on in a big way there is Chase Claypool, who came over midseason in a trade from Pittsburgh. Yeah, And it turns out, um, there are multiple reports that the Bears are unhappy with him and don't feel he's very self-motivated, a.k.a. he's not putting the work in. Um, and a lot of this stuff, Derek, was being thrown around last year in Pittsburgh, and it got to the point apparently where Mike Tomlin was like, get him out of here because this ain't working. This ain't the way we do things here. So Chase Claypool better wake up or else it, it'll be over soon. Trust me. Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool is a, is a very exceptional receiving talent. All the gifts you need to be one of the good ones in the National Football League. But whatever inner struggle he's going through, lack of motivation, um, that's the wrong fraternity to do that in. Because football players are the mindset, if I'm putting in the work, you better be putting in the work because if you're not, that means you're holding this bad coaching staff and your teammate, and it's also teammates, and it's also the best way to end up playing in the CML or the Arena Football League. You keep doing that. <laughs> Plain yes. and simple. Well said. And and you haven't built up enough uh, equity uh, to be this diva if this is what's going cachet. on. Yes, cachet. You 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 are not there, my friend. Uh, <laughs> so you you need to get your act together uh, real quick. Yeah, Chase Clayful, as Eagles realist would say. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it ain't going to work much longer. Trust me when I tell you that. Um, all right. Beyond that, a couple, couple other odds and ends. I, I don't know if folks have had the opportunity to see 
this Kansas City Chiefs ring, uh, the championship ring. And I know, like, I know it. I know it hurts Eagles fans to, to even think about it. But this thing is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Even even by like championship ring standards, which are totally over the top, this one is even wilder, Derek. Dude. 613 diamonds, 609 diamonds are round ones, four are marquee diamonds, 16 rubies in the, in the, in the ring that signify the 16 division titles they've won historically, 50 diamonds around uh, the portion of the team logo that represents the 50th anniversary of the team. These things get more elaborate, Rob, every year. Yep. Okay. Think about how many rings they had to produce. 60-something rings for players, another 20-something for coaches, plus the front office personnel. Mm-hmm. And that includes, like, the secretary. You know, a lot of teams give it secretaries, uh, the, yep. the, the uh, digital team. All these, no, they, all these they try rings. to take care of as, as many employees as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And the company that did it, Justin's, they did my ring when I came out of high school. This I didn't even know they were still in business. Dude, yeah. all they have to do is do rings every year. They don't have to do anything else. Do Super mm-hmm. Bowl rings every year. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I think my favorite. 613 diamonds in it. Well, I think my favorite part is there's that like retractable. Like, you can spin off, I guess, the front part of it. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. You can put a little drink in there if you need to. <laughs> put a little drink over. Yeah. Or put some of your favorite elixir in there, you know? Oh my God! It's unbelievable, what, man. What, where do you where do you wear a ring like that too? Where? I I think the only thing you 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 wear it to like team functions, like if there's some kind of anniversary, you know, you're celebrating that team. If you're maybe if you're going to a wedding, I guess. Um, but I don't know. Like, how could you pop? Like, I'd be scared to death. I'd it would fall off my finger and I'd lose the thing. You know? I'd be, or I'd get I'd be afraid down and start up. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at uh oh come on man. Eagles fan said that ring is uglier than Sam Cassell. Come on, man. Ouch, ouch, <laughs> ouch. Come on, dude. Yeah, it's tough. Duck Wynn says the compartments for cocaine. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um oh, so uh yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, a couple other things hey, and Direct Rob, he ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Um, hey, look, to the victors go the spoils, I guess. Whatever you want to do with your ring, you you knock yourself out. Um, it's like they, they all drink out of the Stanley Cup. Why not? Why not put a, a little little drink in your 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 ring compartment or whatever it's called? Um, explain that to me. Explain that to me, Rob, because every time I see this, I'm thinking, I ain't drinking behind these. What is this tradition about everybody sharing a sip from the same Stanley Cup? Dude, I'm not drinking behind 20-something people, man. Seriously. So here's what I like. I, a couple things. I agree with you. I don't want to be drinking out of that thing after, after, you know, 30 other people did. I no thank you. I agree. What I like is the, the really cool tradition they do with the cup is each and every player gets to take it back to their hometown. So for a lot of these guys, yep. you know, you go to your little small town and, you know, Flynn Flon, in Canada or whatever. Uh, and I think that's really, really cool. Like you, 
you get to go to, you know, your house or your buddy's house back where you grew up or the local bar or whatever. And everybody gets to sort of like, Oh my God. So that's cool. I love that. But I'm with you. Like, no, thank you. If you're handing me the the thing filled up with champagne after the whole rest of the team was, was swigging out of it. I'm good. I'm good on that one. Here's the thing. And we see the shots all the time. Not only are players in locker rooms, you know, uh, fizzing up the champagne but they're also eating food as well man somebody washed it in that cup man i'm not drinking. Oh. you might drink a chunk <laughs> hey Look. speaking speaking of <laughs> did, did you see did you see um the nuggets yesterday oh my god they were freaking blasted they were yeah ha- mike malone was hammered i mean they all were it was it was I mean, it was like the Eagles parade. Granted, they all do it. But, man, those guys were getting after it hard. Dude, when you've never won – when you're the first group of guys to win a championship for your franchise, it's okay to let your hair down a little bit, man, but they were they were off the charts, dude. They were gone. They were zooted. They were all zooted. They were gone, dude. You know, and it's all right, you know. They're, they're, they're covering hangovers today, headaches today. They're, 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 you know, let them have that moment. Well – so Jokic was pretty funny. He was like, look, I know what I said about the parade. I'm happy. I'm here now. You know, whatever. They're like, ah, everybody going crazy. So it was, uh, it was pretty funny, pretty funny to watch. That's for sure. Um, all right. You ready to do a little, uh, little power ranking action gunner. Oh, wait, wait, so wait, wait. what we're doing. Game. Yeah. You get your, get your notes ready. So what we're doing is our top 10, as we sit here right now on June 16th, we do our top 10, NFL team power ranking. Obviously, this, this could change when we get the training camp, and it will change. But as we sit here right now with what the teams did in the offseason, projecting ahead, these are our top 10. So uh, you want me to go first? I'll go first. You go first. first. All right, here we go. Number 10, the New York Giants, the New York football giants I have in there at 10. Uh, I okay, I think I think they're going to – look, I think it's going to be a challenge for them this year. Don't get me wrong. But I do believe in Brian Dable. I do believe that they're headed in the right direction, and I think they, they, they made some pretty good moves in the offseason to upgrade. And, and I, there's a couple teams I debated right around that spot, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Giants right there. All right, I'll take them at number 10. Number nine, I go Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is all contingent on Lamar staying healthy, okay? Lamar doesn't stay healthy. They're in the same boat, and it won't matter, okay? But he's paid. He's happy. We'll see if he can stay healthy. I put them at number nine. Number eight, I go Jacksonville. Um, I liked what I saw. I like what they did in the offseason. I like the addition of Calvin Ridley. I believe in Doug. I think, uh, you know, the, the job that he did last year to get them turned around from where they were under Urban Meyer and that whole messy year was remarkable. Now with him already in place, the players knowing what the expectations are, Trevor Lawrence taking that leap from year two to year three. Um, and they have, they have some playmakers on defense. I like Jacksonville. I like the running game too. Seven, I go Dolphins. And again, we know what this is all about every time you bring them up. But at least right now, with their with the talent on both sides of the ball, and I think a really smart offensive mind calling the shots in Mike McDaniel, 
Um, I'm going to put them at seven. This they go they go way out of the top ten if Tua goes down, but they're at seven right now. I go okay. Cowboys at six, Dallas at six. Um, again, super talented, but you're talking about Dak Prescott who finished the year in a bad way, who finished the year with a lot of pick sixes, and I also don't like or trust Mike McCarthy a little bit. I don't believe in Mike McCarthy at all. I don't believe in him in big spots. I think he and Dak come up small in big spots. So I put them at six because of their talent. I put Buffalo at five. Buffalo, um, the stuff with Diggs is weird, um, and it's maybe a little concerning, but they still are a team with a lot of ability and have gotten close Bunch of years here. And I think they all feel, you know, that's that sort of pull. Like this is a this is the year, guys. There's no more excuses. There's no more getting close. And Josh Allen has said numerous times on the record, I did I did a bad job and I got too careless with the football. All right. So you've said it. Show me now. So I have them at five. 49ers yep. at four because I don't trust what quarterback is going to look like, especially early in the season. If this was based on talent. I might have him at number two, uh, but I don't know about the quarterback thing right now. I don't really know about Purdy long-term. I don't know about Trey Lance long-term or Sam Darnold long-term, but everything else is good there. Bengals at three. Uh, Bengals healthy with all three wideouts at Burrow's disposal and a defense that's a little bit underrated. Nicocho, I think, is underrated. Uh, I like Cincinnati a lot. I, I really do. I just I believe in them as a team. So I have them at number three. I have the Eagles at two for all the reasons we we generally talk about, but there's just too much there offensively with that quarterback, uh, with this coach who seems to get them prepared every week and up to play every single week. Uh, the only thing I worry about a little bit is the defense and what that's going to look like with some of the new players. But um, put the Eagles at number two. I put the Chiefs at number one. I think you can guess why. Uh, with that quarterback and that coach, if they get Frank, uh, I'm sorry, if they get Chris Jones straightened out, um, defense is going to be good enough, maybe not great. But a lot of those young players they counted on on defense yep. last year, you know, uh, are, are going to be ready to play this year. So I put them at number one. So I go Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers, Bills, Cowboys, Dolphins, Jaguars, Ravens, Giants. That's who I have as, as my top 10 power rankings, D-Gun. Not a bad list there. You Thank and you. I were exactly the same on three of ten choices. Okay. My other choices are Miami at number 10. Because everything 10. revolves around Tua. Okay. There's no question he has all the weapons in the world to throw to. They have a good defense. You just got to keep Tua upright and breathing. Because if he falls by the wayside, that product is going to suffer. But I think as we sit here right now, Miami is a legitimate playoff team, no question about it. Number nine for me is Jacksonville. I love the direction Doug Peterson has taken his team. In his uh, first year, he gets them to the playoffs after that disaster of a season under Urban Myers. I look at how much better Trevor Lawrence was under the tutelage of uh, Doug Peterson and his staff compared to what he was in his rookie year. Jacksonville has great weapons on offense, a young, hungry defense. Um, I think they're going to be knocking on the door. Number eight is Detroit. Um, I can't 
I can't keep bragging about Detroit and not include them on a list like this. I think Detroit is, is going to be a much better team. They came strong in the latter part of the season. I think that carries over into this part of the season. Number seven for me is Dallas um, because of everything you just said. I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy, but with the additions of Brandon Cook on one side and Stephon Gilmore on the side, I think it makes Dallas uh, a much better team if those people stay healthy. It definitely opens up their passing game for CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. So I put Dallas at seven. Number six, I put the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, the future Hall of Famer, with those weapons. And the Jets, all they needed was a quarterback. You talk about a complete team, and all they needed was a quarterback. They don't just go out and get a rookie or a Mr. Irrelevant. They go out and get a future Hall of Famer, who's a big diva, but can still sling it, and still has one of the strongest arms in the game. Plus, they got a couple of his boys from Green Bay there with him, and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. So I put the Jets at six. Number five is Buffalo. As our friend Hugh Douglas said back in the day, it's do or die. Do or die. Do or die. For Buffalo, this is it for Sean, Sean McDermott. You've got to get this team over the hump. I don't think they can beat Cincinnati or or Kansas City in a playoff situation, and it might cost McDermott his job, but the team is good enough. If Stephon, if, if Stephon Diggs keeps his head on straight, that team's good enough to go deep playoffs. Number five is Cincinnati for all the obvious reasons. Yep. Number four, I'm sorry, no, yeah, number four is Cincinnati. Number three is San Francisco for me. I don't care who's quarterback. After what I saw last year, um, I don't care who's quarterbacking for the 49ers. As long as they have one person under center the whole season, that team is too deep, too rugged on both sides of the football to fail. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan showed all you need is a quarterback who can run the system, whatever the system is, we can flourish. And then obviously my number two and number one for are the Eagles in Kansas City for obvious choices. So I went Kansas City one, Eagles two, San Fran three, Cincinnati four, Buffalo five, Jets six, Dallas seven. Good list, man. Uh, really good. You, you, I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit there, but good list. Oh. Um yeah, I mean we're we're not that far off with some of these. I, I your point about San Fran is well taken. Um, there's so much talent there with them from a defensive standpoint um, and offense that if they even get okay quarterback play, yeah, I think they're trouble um, for sure. I think there's a you know I, I really I struggle with the later ones like the Giants and the Ravens and you make a good point with the Jets. Like yeah. I could easily plug the Jets in like eight ish. Eight, anywhere eight, nine, ten in that neighborhood. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how much of an effect some of these tough divisions have on these teams. You know, like the Eagles, like the Jets being in that tough AFC East. It's that's that's another thing that's going to be uh, you know keep your eye on because we we talked about it before. NFC East, AFC East, um, and if and if AFC North is really good. Um, AFC West is is a little bit underrated, I think. If Denver bounces back, you yeah. have them in Kansas City, and then the the Chargers, and you know we'll see about the Raiders with Jimmy G. So that could be a tough one too. By far the weakest is the North and the and the South and the NFC. Um, but you know a team we never talk about at all, and they made the playoffs last year is Seattle. We never talk about them in in any real yeah. capacity in terms of being just a good team. 
I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. They added in Jigba to a, a very good offense. They spent some money on defense, brought Bobby Wagner back. Um, I think they're going to be pushing San Francisco for the division title, to be honest. When both of those teams are really good, it's really fun to watch both of them go at it because they knock each other off every other game when they play. Um, and I think it's going to be a real interesting battle between those two to win that division title. Um, I can't believe I left the Giants, the Chargers, Denver, and New Orleans off that list. Derek Carr down in New Orleans now. New Orleans has everything they needed to win except a quarterback. Now they have a quarterback. I don't know if Derek Carr can take them any further um, than what they had before uh, after Drew Brees. <clears throat> but Derek Carr is definitely an upgrade what they had. Mm-hmm. Um so I expect the Saints to be right there knocking off people as well. Denver, to me, is going to be an interesting team to watch in AFC with, under Sean Payton and the, the reclamation project of getting Russell Wilson back to what he was before his first year in Denver. So it's, it's some it was some tough picks out there, man. A lot of teams you left off that I didn't think I would leave off a list. There's two teams that, that, uh, that I really uh, foresee being playoff teams or potentially being playoff teams that we, we – we rarely put on these kind of lists. Denver's one of them, first and foremost. Secondly, I think Atlanta's going to be better than people think. Um, now, I feel better about Denver yep. because you have an established quarterback than I do about Desmond Ritter. But I think Atlanta has put together a nice thing. I think Arthur Smith can coach. I do. I think he, he did a nice job with them I last agree. year. You know, and Sean Payton didn't come back for nothing. He could have sat there with a nice, no. cushy TV gig, chilling. Like, he's all in. And he's all in on getting Russell Wilson fixed, and you and you're already stepping in with a great defense too. So all the above are, are good reasons for that to uh, to happen. That's for sure. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout, uh, and we will come back. Uh, final segment of the program: Connor McGregor, Michael Jordan, birthdays, movies. It's all in store as we roll into that final segment. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Razor technology in uh, specifically disaster recovery the middle of an emergency is the wrong time to wonder who is in charge and how to respond restoring malfunctioning systems rebooting complex servers reconfiguring applications bringing backups online and reauthorizing users all takes time and the longer it takes the more damage that a business is exposed to Razor Technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all their essential data. Razor ensures all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice. Depend on Razor Technology, your trusted IT managed service provider, to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from a data disaster by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Back Final segment of the show Hope you're doing well out there folks Appreciate you hanging uh, with us And hope you have a great great weekend A father, great Father's Day weekend um, yeah. Alright let's hit a couple things here Derek Yes, yes Derek uh, Just so you know since Monday You've not had to tell me to unmute this week 
That's true. You, you've gotten through almost four days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I deliberately waited till the last segment. So I can't, I can't mess it up now. Yeah. You can't jinx yourself. Yes. Good move. <laughs> yes. I get, I give you, I give you props, man. Uh, uh, nice job. Nice job. Oh, man. Uh, uh, all right. So a couple things here, let's start with this. Um, Connor McGregor, uh, Connor McGregor, he, um, you remember in that game four of the NBA finals, he had the whole thing with the mascot where he screwed around the mascot, punches him, the mascot has to go to the hospital, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But this is much more serious, uh, alleged, uh, sexual assault, uh, that went on, uh, in, in one of the boxes and one of the owner's suites or one of the, I shouldn't say owners, one of the suites at the game. Um, and you know, the woman is, is, is the, no charges have been, have been uh, brought about yet. Uh, but the woman is, is seeking charges against him. Um, he's had four other sexual assault allegations against him. Um, none have stuck. One has been completely dropped. I'm sure the other ones are, they're looking to do some civil suits and whatnot. Um, but you know, the, the trouble seems to follow this cat as well. Uh, no matter where he ends up going. If you read the transcript from what allegedly happened, man, it's sick if that if that took place. And obviously only two people know exactly what did or did not happen. You know, McGregor and, and the woman who's who's filing this. But a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire. This is the fifth time he's been accused of something like this in the four. They've disappeared. And here's another here's another one under the category of athletes thinking they are above the law. And again, this is all speculation, not accusing anybody of anything. This is a speculation that you know athletes are above the law if they have the right people protecting them and get them out from under disastrous situations. As a high-profile figure, how do you continue to allow yourself to be put in situations like this? Um you should be smart enough after the first time to avoid potential situations like this at all costs. Now you're talking about set second, third, fourth, fifth time. This has potentially happened. Um, I wait to see how this unfolds because obviously he's denying it, de- uh, denying it vehemently as well as his representation. The fact that allegedly they have bodyguards blocking the bathroom door so nobody can get in. They're just yeah. as guilty. One yeah. who can make a crime. If that stuff's true, there's going to be a lot of people in trouble. There's going to be a yes. lot of people, uh, yeah, take, rightfully so, taking falls um, as they should. So, well, you know, we'll see. I, I look. He seems. I, I don't know, man. I, he, he comes off to me like a, not a great guy. I again, like you say, I have no idea what went on here. Uh, they know. He knows. She knows. Uh, but it, it, he, it, I, you just get a sense he feels like he's above the law. He's a he, he can do whatever he wants. He, he he comes off as that kind of guy. I don't know him. Never never been around him. But yep. anyway, we'll we'll see what ends up happening there um, with that. Michael Jordan, Derek, is selling the Charlotte Hornets. He is he is uh, he is out. He has agreed to sell the majority stake in the uh, Charlotte Hornets to a a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. For approximately three billion is what the valuation is. The transaction ends Jordan's thirteen year as major thirteen years as majority owner. Uh, Schnall was a minority owner 
with the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Plotkin, a minority owner with the Hornets. They will become the franchise governor once the NBA completes the vetting process. And they, they look to hope to take this thing over by July 1st. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Michael Jordan. It has not been a good run for him as an owner. I can tell you that no. much. Charlotte is nowhere near considered a premier franchise in the NBA. If his state is $3 billion, what is that franchise worth? If he's getting $3 billion out of this, how much are the Hornets worth? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. But yeah, the rich get richer. Uh, that's you know, and M- MJ. Whew, yeah, it's crazy. The sad, the sad about it is, once he's, the sale is official, there will no longer be any minority owned the NBA. Um, yeah, that's crazy. In a league that's predominantly minority, there will be no minority owners left in the NBA. Hopefully, another will rise up from somewhere. Um, but everything Michael Jordan touches, do turns yep. to money yep three billion dollars i know my Bro. goodness it's it's amazing if you watch the movie air like he was all set to go either converse i forget what it was i think it was either converse or adidas uh when he was coming out in north carolina right and sonny vaccaro who was the nike rep convinced his mom to have a meeting with him you know, it's just, just, you know, Mrs. Jordan didn't really want to do it. Michael didn't want to do it, but he went to their house in North Carolina and begged and pleaded. And she was impressed by him. So they brought Michael, Michael's father and Mrs. Jordan all went out to the, the, you know, the headquarters, Nike's headquarters in Portland, outside of Portland. And they sold him. But after they agreed to it, Mrs. Jordan called up Sonny Vaccaro and said, look, we're in, we'll do it, but we have to get a piece of all the merchandising sold. We got to get a piece of all these sneakers, all these shorts, anything that's sold. That deal had never been done before. Nope. It was basically you sign your deal like, like uh, Dr. J magic bird were with converse. You sign your converse deal and you get X amount of money and that's it. No matter how many we sell. But the Jordans and Mrs. Jordan insisted, and Sonny Vaccaro fought her on it, and and they get Nike gave in, and it changed the industry completely. And if that hadn't happened, you know Michael Jordan still would have went on to be you know incredible player, but he wouldn't have made the the millions upon millions upon millions that he's made uh, in 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 gear, in apparel. You you know, think of, thinking about it like that, I wonder. If he has a lifetime deal with Nike, if he does, that means he's still making money because Jordan, anything with Jordan's name on it is still a hot commodity even now. So for the younger generation, they never had a chance to see him play. So he's still getting a percentage of sales. The the dude is just falling all over money right now. I know. I know. Yeah. And he's, he is, he still does. He still gets paid from, from Nike. And um, James is right. You know, one of the things when they designed the original, um, Air Jordan sneak. It had red, black, and white, which are the yep. most colors. <laughs> Believe it or not, the NBA back then had had a had a rule that your sneaks had to be had a, a certain percentage of white had to be in the sneaks. Yeah, and you know, basically, the agent, Michael's agent, I think it was David Falk, uh, was like, "This this isn't going to go over here with the league." And Nike said, "We'll pay the fine every single game." Whatever he gets, we'll cover it. 
Nike was ingenious, man. They were really smart the way they went about it. And getting Jordan changed everything for them. They were they were thought of as nothing more than a running sneaker. Right. That's what they were thought of back then in 84. You talk about um, taking a leap of faith. You know, that's that's how some of the greatest success stories are are achieved in somebody having a vision and, and and seeing it through, even though they know they're going to be broke before they are rich. You know, that that's a strong leap of faith, man, because um when when Allen Iverson played for the 76ers, there was a shoe brand that came out that he attached himself to briefly. I can't think of the name of it. Um in Philadelphia, and they were trying to do a big push to get it. And get it going. one, and one. That's it. And one. Yep. Then all of a sudden, the N one league popped up. Uh, it had a small run, but it never stuck like Nike, Adidas, Puma, like that. Um, but man, the leap of faith when you're known as one thing and you want to do a complete crossover, and it all is all hedging on one player saying yes, and nobody could have known. The vision they had that Michael was the one player coming out of college mm-hmm. who could could explode this thing. Man, you talk about you talk about a stroke of luck. It had to be Michael. It couldn't be anybody else coming out at that time to make this happen. And once Michael stepped in that shoe and his game took off in the NBA, it was just boom. That cash cow just just became a, a damn burst. Yeah. And, and what Michael and his mom did opened the floodgates for other athletes to get a piece of the merchandise sales in the future. No question. It, it, it changed everything. It changed the landscape completely. The way the things were looked at, the way guys went about these deals. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it was pretty awesome. It, but I, I, again, I tell you, if, if you get a chance to check it out, the movie's really, really well done. And it, it takes you, walks you through how a lot of this kind of stuff. All right. You ready to do some birthdays? Is it that time already? It is that time, my friend. We'll do some birthdays, right. and I got I got something else I want to swing back to you. Uh, but we'll start. Tupac Shakur. Tupac was born on this day, nineteen seventy one. Uh, it was not a long run, but it was a it was a hell of an impactful run uh, for Tupac, who goes down as one of the most influential, yes, hip hop uh, rappers. He was also an actor, uh, certainly, but in the hip hop genre that's ever lived. Um, but yeah, born on this day, nineteen seventy-one. Very good movie was, too. On his he was, life, he was a he was a visionary. He yep. he saw in his lyrics, he saw the future that many couldn't see. Yep. And it's a shame that his life came to an end at such a young age because he was one of the best lyricists that there ever was. Generation. Uh, yeah, it he uh, he was a poet. He was an incredible writer. Yep. Uh, he was a guy who could really express like ferocity. Yes. And like edge and anger, you know, but also be really thoughtful uh, with, with a lot of the stuff that he yep. that he wrote about. But yeah. So Tupac, 71, 1971. Uh, Stan Laurel from Laurel and, and Hardy fame. 1890. Derek, we go back to that day uh, for Stan two, Laurel. But yeah, two, two comedians. And did you know they did over 100 films together? And I, I watch them every time I see them. I'll still watch them today, but I had no idea they did over 100 together. No, I didn't know that many. Jeez, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder how quickly they were able to. Like, they must have been cracking those out every like six weeks or something. You know, I mean, amazing, uh, for sure. Yeah, Jake. Jake talks about the the lyrics from Change and that song could be something. No, true. He's right. A lot of Tupac's lyrics that you said too, Gunner, yep. really apply to today. They're exactly right. 
Um, his, his, change, his song "Changes" is my far, my favorite song out of all the songs he's he's done. And you're right, James is right. You listen to the lyrics in that song, and he basically foretold the future in a lot of a lot of areas. Yep. yep. Uh, good work out of Jake there. Yeah, uh, uh, Geronimo. Geronimo, 1829, Derek, 1829 uh, is when the great Geronimo uh, was born. And man, uh, a whole different time. And just put it that way. And and what what his people had to deal with, that's for sure. Uh, 41 years old. Missy, I always mess up the spelling or the pronunciation of this. Perigium, I think is how you say it. Uh, Perigium, I don't know. But she's in, I don't know. She's in the show FBI, and she's very good in it. If you've, if anybody's ever seen that show, uh, she's yeah. a, she's a good actress. She's very very pretty too. But I mean, like really good too. Like in in, in the role and gritty, and she's good. She's good. Uh, um, Laurie Metcalf, who was in Roseanne and in a lot of movies as well. She's sixty eight years old today. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior, the wrestler. Yep, sixty four for the Ultimate Warrior today. But that hard to believe. Um, one of the all-time greats, Roberto Duran. I can't believe he's only 62. 70, 72. Oh, is he 72? Okay, I was gonna say he can't yeah, he can't yeah. be that young, man. He's been boxing since the early 70s, late 60s. All right, he's 70. Hands of stone. Hands of stone. Yeah, he was a bad dude, man. He was a bad dude. Um, and of course, we'll all remember the you know the fights with Sugar Ray Leonard and Everything else that went down there. Uh, actor Eddie Cibrian is 50 years old. Uh, actor Jack Albertson was born on this day in 1907. David Fisdale, uh, born in, uh, he's 49 years old, former NBA head coach and assistant coach. Uh, John Choi, the actor, is 51 today. MC Red. Oh, Kumar. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, MC Ren, speaking of uh hip hop artist, it was yep. is uh 54 today. Phil NWA. Mickelson, yeah, NWA, yeah, Phil Mickelson is uh is 53 today. Yep, um, Joan Van Ark, actress, uh, you know, big in the 80s, is 70 today. Uh, Gino Vanelli, the singer, yep. is 70 as well. And one of my favorites when I was a kid, Dr. Duncan Stein, a.k.a. Yes. Daryl Griffith is 60. That, my man could get up. He could get up. For for 6'5 guard out of Louisville, man, he could scale the rafters, dude. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Go, go that back. Team, and you, that whole team he played on could. Yeah. Go back and YouTube him and that team at Louisville when they were in college. Those cats could get up. He had a good career too with the uh, with the Jazz. He had a very good career as well. Any other birthdays I missed, get Derek? Um, Eileen Aikens uh, from the movie Gosford Park, which is a good movie, is eighty nine. Um, Vos Lou. Now you may not know the name, but you ever watch the Mummy movie franchises? Yeah. The, 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 okay, he's the one that played like the uh, that Imhotep that that uh, the the bad guy in the movie that came back to life and was. He was the one that sucked the life out of everybody else. And oh, that's him. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. Get Arnold oh. Voss Lewis, sixty-one. Okay. Bill Cobbs, who was a great actor. You don't you don't know his name, but if you saw his face, you remember he was in Sopranos, New Jack City. You remember the movie New Jack City? Yeah. 
Do you remember the scene where the older guy was was talking to Wesley Snipes and he says, "You feeding your you feeding your people this junk. You killing your own people." That's you him. Know, the older guy. That's yeah. him. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, you've seen him yeah. in a lot of stuff. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, Ron LaFleur. Uh, Tree Rollins. He ate. Uh, Matthew Saad Muhammad, the former he light heavyweight champion, was born on this day in 1954. He's a he's a local kid. Uh, yep. Philly Camden area. Yep. Uh, Wally Joyner. Yeah. Former first baseman, 61. Very good hitter. Uh, Rick Ad Rick Edelman, the former NBA player, head coach. Yeah. 77. Mm -hmm. And finally, Halapuli Vati Vaitai is 33. Good you. Good pronunciation, too. Nice work for Big V. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Good work. All right. Let's do some movies here. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. The uh, the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Uh, I, I didn't like I thought the movie stunk, but it was weird. And I, <laughs> I wasn't a fan. Uh, um, but they were married, I think, at the time when they made it. But that's uh, that was 1999. A movie I thought was it was great, also from '99, is The Wood, with with uh, yep. A Diggs and, and uh, that that whole crew is just really really good in that. It's a, it's a funny movie. It, it reminds you of just you, you know you're, you're being a kid, being a teenager, and growing up, and some of the stuff that you have to deal with and whatnot. But it was very very well done. Uh, Free Willy, Free Willy, 1993. One of my favorites. Yeah. Oh my god, you talk about a movie that killed it at the box office. Oh. Free Willy killed it. Killed it. Space Jam 2 from 2021. Not bad. Nothing's going to compare to Space Jam. It was okay. Right. It's all right. Uh, Hocus Pocus, 1993. Sarah Jessica Parker. I think Bette Midler as well. George of the Jungle. Uh, Brandon Frazier from 1997. I, Robot with Will Smith. From 2004. Um, what else? What else do you have, Derek? Well, you know what? I have none of the movies that you have, which has never happened before. Let's see. Movies released on June 16th. I'm trying to see. Do we have the same? Do we have the same movies? Okay, because I have Grease came out 1978. Okay. Uh, Lilo and Stitch, a great comedy movie for kids, came out in 2002. Okay. Um, the Fast the Furious Tokyo, Tokyo Drift came out in 2006. Yep. Um, the Blue Lagoon, The Awakening, 2012. Okay. Cars 3, 2017. Yep. 47 Meters Down, which is a pretty good movie, 2017. Yep. Uh, Nacho, Nacho Libre came out in 2006, which is funny. Jack Black. Uh, Tupac's movie, All Eyes on Me, 2017. Yep. Uh, I think, I think you are right. I think you got the right date and I have the wrong date. I think you're right. And my, I was, like, I was what happened I think here? I'm, I think I'm off a day and I think you're right. So you keep going. Yours are right. Yours are right. Yeah. All right, uh, 1994, Batman Forever. Very good movie, yep. Uh, Shaft, 2000. Mm -hmm. The Disney movie Tarzan came out in 1999. Yep. And one comes out today, the new, the newest edition of The Flash, 
the Marvel movie okay. The Last comes out today. Yep. All right, good. Yeah, no, you're. I think you're right. Your your list is dead on. Uh, and there, that's a lot of good movies on this day. You had me. That, you had me guessing for a minute. I'm like, no, what? I was. I think I'm off a day. That, but that's on me. That's not on you. But you were right. You were right. Um, but yeah, good, good ones. I mean, all a lot of a lot of big box office there with that crew. Yeah, I mean, oof, Greece uh, was huge. Lilo and Stitch did really well. Fast and Furious yep. Tokyo Cars Three did yep. well. All Eyes on yep. Me did well. Nacho Libre, I think, did okay. Two. Yeah, uh, the Shaft remake with with Samuel L. did well, and Batman Forever. There's a lot of yeah, you're right, and and, and Tarzan. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a good bunch right there. Yeah. All right, so for people who missed the top of the show, uh, you're just going to be laying low as as I will on Sunday for Father's Day. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. I have a lot of we have a lot of commitments, places we have to be up until like about five o'clock, and then um, we'll get together as a family, reconvene, and relax and go out and have a nice little meal at a, a sushi place we really like, um, and that's it. There's no fanfare, no big meal at home, no dirty dishes, none of that stuff. Um, we're just gonna chill, and you, of course, you you'll be working, correct? Yeah, but I'm I'm it's not bad. I'm on I'm on like before the Philly. So I'll be done by by 3:30. So it's an easy one. It's an easy one. So okay. it's all good. Okay. Um but yeah, just chill after that. Probably probably do a little grilling, some burgers, dogs and just yeah, just relax. You know, couch time. Um will you, right, have, so will every, you have cheese on a burger? Of course not. No, 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 no. No. Plain burger with ketchup. You don't man. put cheese in a burger. No. No. You don't put cheese. No cheese. No. No, you should not be allowed near the grill. When I make them on the grill, I make them with cheese for everybody else, but I don't do it for myself. No, what? Why not? I don't like it on there. I like it just plain. (laughs) Do you eat? Do you eat bread with it? Yes, I like the bun and ketchup and a burger. That's it. That's all I. That's all I. I'm easy, man. I'm low maintenance. I am low maintenance. All right. Uh, To all the dads out there, to all the moms out there. To all the people acting, you know, I don't mean acting. I mean, stepping in there who are uncles, who are guardians, who are aunts. Kudos to you. Keep up the good work. Uh, and we appreciate everybody hanging with us. We want you all to have a great weekend. I want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, great job producing the program as always, my friend. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys were great today. <laughs> to everybody streaming, everybody listening. What's the matter? What is, what he, what? I'm a bit odd. Yeah. Doug Nico, have you not noticed that Rob is a bit odd? Yes, yeah, I have, not, but he still just blows me away with some of the stuff he does. I know. This is not breaking news how weird I am. But anyway, uh, don't go anywhere. We have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. So, everybody, oh. listen, have a great weekend. We'll see you here same time on Monday. For Derek Gunn, I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. See you guys Monday. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean when you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.